It's game day at Raising Cane's. If you want to order like a saint, it's the action off the field you need to focus on. The only play you're running is chicken. So what combo are you picking? Make it a perfect season. We've got tailgates of hand-battered, cooked-to-order chicken fingers and cane sauce and jugs of freshly made tea and lemonade, all available to order online or on our app. This season is about to be unbeatable. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. One love. (laughs) Official chicken finger of the Saints. Whew, almost missed that. That way we can let Bill WD-40 into the chat room. Uh, Canna Chef Chris, welcome, my Canuck friend. Good morning, Commonwealth Andrew. And who else do we have? Sabrina and Stephen, thank you so much for that lovely super chat as well, my man. I hope you're having a great morning over in the UK, our Commonwealth family. All right, moving on here, who do we have? We have uh, some no-name person here. I don't know their name. They don't have a name. Uh, welcome, though. Ozzy, Ozzy, nice to see you. Richard Elmore, Welsh Hammer, Noel Oper. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and over on Patreon at Spaced Out Radio, or make that Space Travelers Club. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news, wire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a power show of woo tonight. We're going to get into the paranormal and silly side of everything with our cryptid world and Varla Ventura. Yes, she returns. I had to boot her last month because I decided to take a vacation instead, but we're glad that she is back and she's looking lovely as ever. And then in our number three, Steve Stockton brings us a spooky story. Robin Haynes has the cryptid report. It's Dave 101 night and we'll have the weird news of the week. Let's get right to it. Our good friend Varla Ventura returns for our cryptid world. Varla is one of the top authors in the paranormal supernatural fields. Her books have been published all over the world because why? Well, she's just that awesome. She really is. Whether it's pukas and changelings or seances and ghosts, Varla loves covering the darkness of the topic. That's why we call her the queen of the dark cryptids. She is a lover of all things bizarre and strange. She spends her time lurking around lakes, diving for legends, and sailing the seven seas in search of elusive stories. Her website, varlaventura.net, and we bring Varla on here right now. Varla, big question for you. I'm going to put you right on the spot, right off the bat. 
Uh-oh. What do you do in May 10th through 12th, 2024? Um, well, I don't know exactly, but that's Mother's Day weekend, so I will probably be hanging out with my son. Okay, you got to bring him to Reno. Kira, you didn't tell me that <laughs> that weekend is Mother's Day weekend. Yeah, it's oh, Mother's Day weekend. Oh, we may have to make a change. We yeah. may have to make a change. Hmm. We'll figure I mean, that I out. I wouldn't rule it out completely, but um, yeah, that's something for you to know. Thank you for the <laughs> update. That's actually a, that's actually a power update, you know, because you yep. know. <laughs> As a father, it's Here my I job can. to forget about Mother's Day. You know that. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> you that don't go over well. <laughs> it's been an awesome, awesome couple weeks. You know, I have to tell you, because I know your son plays hockey, and I need an update on that. But yeah. I, I got to tell you, I had a couple of good things happen this year already. So I put my son on the ice. He hasn't skated all summer because he was like really blase of whether or not he wanted to play this year. But I registered him anyways. And, you know, all of a sudden, you'd about, uh, you know, late August, he was like, hey, dad, are you getting me new hockey equipment? And I'm like, yeah, okay. I wasn't sure if you wanted it or not, but I'd already registered him. The kid <laughs> is skating. I didn't put him on the ice all summer. My boy is skating at least 70% better than last year when he stepped off the ice. Oh, that's such a great feeling. I don't know what happened. I don't know what his drive is all of a sudden. But all of a sudden, like, the like he was always back in the pack. My son's a weaker player. He was always back in the pack and skating. Now he's in the top five. Mm-hmm. Don't know where it's come from. I'm blown away right now. The hockey, The hockey instructor in me is blown away right now. Amazing. Yeah. How how old is he now, Dave? He's 10. 10. Oh, okay. Okay. And how well, about That's you, awesome. How about your son taking, you know, loads of rubber to the face, yeah. to the chest? Well, we did a I don't know what you call them in Canada, but we did a Triple A league this summer. Um, which is basically just summer hockey, right? Um and and that was actually great for him because the program that we did had a lot of a, a lot of um, practices and trainings and drills and they had a goalie camp. Nice. Um, and then he also did a three on three at this like funky little place and he played with kids that were older than him. So good. he was taking shots from an old, from the next age bracket up. So that was really good training for him. And um, we're in the middle of tryouts. I don't know how you guys do it there. I think it depends on the size of the town. But we're where we are. It's like uh, it's it's been going on for a couple of weeks. It's it, tryouts are a little bit grueling. So um, he is he was cut from this. T- so we have double A A, and then you go B one, B two, and C. So he was cut from the double A. So he has a scrimmage on Saturday uh, for A. So good, good for him. Yeah, good, good yeah. for him. So he'll he actually wanted to do he his his goal was B one or higher because here if you're if you're B one or higher at this level that he's at um, this age group they get to go to a state tournament if they you know yeah. they have a chance to go to a state tournament. Nice. Um, last year he was the next level down, so they weren't able to do it. So. 
yeah, I mean, he's already kind of achieved his goal, which is excellent. And um, it's also a full moon tomorrow. So I uh, I might try and help him help him a little bit. Oh, from the... a little a little <laughs> bit of uh, little, a little bit of magic to help him out. Hockey right? witch. Yeah, why not? Yeah, you know? why not? You are a good <laughs> hockey mom. You really are. I have to tell you the other thing about probably my... the only hockey witch in in uh, in the area that I know of. But you never know. Mm hmm. I got to tell you another story. So uh, I told our audience earlier this week that, you know, my son last year, I took him to his first rock concert and, and we were, uh, I was all excited because the concert's next week. So I, I was lining up my tickets on the phone and all of a sudden I saw that the event had changed in 19 plus. Oh, and so I called, uh, I called uh, the, um, um, the venue and i'm like like are you serious like i can't bring my son and they're like no sorry like government regulations we're a bar you know like a three thousand seat bar and i'm I'm like damn it so that's a venue but okay (laughs) yeah you know so i i i told my boy that you know we're not going to see avatar this year uh because of where they're playing and he took it like a champ right so i called my my buddy ashy up and he owns one of the most popular bars in Vancouver. And I told him what happened. And said, hey, man, if you can get rid of my tickets, you can. Great. I'll send them to you. And he's like, hey, no problem, man. We'll figure something out. So Ashy has a couple of addictions. He's addicted to the <laughs> Montreal Canadiens. He, okay. And he's addicted to rock concerts. So much so that he has seen Iron Maiden about I'm going to say about 175 times around the world. And I'm not even exaggerating. He calls me today because Iron Maiden is playing Monday in Vancouver. And he goes, Dave, you're not going to believe it. He goes, I thought of you first, you know, after your boy's going to miss that concert. He goes, he goes, um, how'd you like two free tickets for him to see Iron Maiden? Really? And I'm like, yeah. Absolutely, right. So my boy's going to be down in the Lower Mainland uh, with my partner that, that this uh, this next week, and because uh, of, of a family funeral and everything like that on her side. So on the Monday night, my boy is going to be horns up with Eddie nice. and Iron Maiden. I've never seen uh, Iron Maiden great. before. Okay, never seen them. I'm kind of yeah. jealous that that I'm not going to get to see them. But you oh, know what? You're not. You're not going. I can't go. I got my daytime job, but uh, uh-huh, and I got uh-huh. the radio show to do as well. So yeah. I can't and go. And you just took vacation, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I can't go. But my boy is going to be horns up with Iron Maiden, and I and I said to him point blank tonight. I said, I said, dude, you got to do me one favor. He goes, what's that? I said, number one, you got to throw the horns up strong, and number two, you don't come home without a a concert shirt with Eddie on it. <laughs> wait in line if you have to oh, oh yeah get that shirt <laughs> yeah so he is all pumped up to go see iron maiden now oh that's 
It's game day at Raising Cane's. If you want to order like a saint, it's the action off the field you need to focus on. The only play you're running is chicken. So what combo are you picking? Make it a perfect season. We've got tailgates of hand-battered, cooked-to-order chicken fingers and cane sauce and jugs of freshly made tea and lemonade, all available to order online or on our app. This season is about to be unbeatable. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. One love. (laughs) Official chicken finger of the Saints. Achieve your financial goals with Sunbelt Federal Credit Union. With just a $500 minimum deposit, you can access high-yield certificates. 10 months with 5.27% annual percentage yield, or 18 months with 5.33% annual percentage yield. Visit your nearest Sunbelt Federal Credit Union location and learn more at sunbeltfcu.org. That's sunbeltfcu.org. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. Amazing. Yeah, I'm pretty. That's amazing. I'm pretty happy about it. Pretty happy about it. Anyways, enough about our kids here because we do have to uh, have a show yeah. here. And because we sure. are getting ready to enter the hollowed month of October, how excited for you that all of a sudden everything pumpkin spice is going to turn into everybody is a witch, a ghoul, a goblin, and everybody has a Ouija board story, and everybody's got a haunted story of a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. Oh, it's great. It's like every time you look at the, uh, you know, you open up like the news app on your phone, it's about haunted hotels. And I mean, it's great. It just gets completely, um, we get inundated with the things that I love year round. So um, I'm here for it. Definitely here for it. I was kind of felt, you know, the, the, obviously I celebrate these things year round, but just in the last like two weeks or so, just the way the the the, the sky has been and the, and the light at like you know five o'clock and um, the colors and the trees, uh, you can just kind of like really feeling it. And uh, the other morning, actually, I think it was two mornings ago, we had this series of kind of like interesting events in the morning. And the first thing that happened, I don't actually remember the, there was something else that happened. I've forgotten. But then my son was like, he was supposed to be packing up his backpack so I could take him to school. But instead there was a shiny red dye on the table. Um, so he decided to start rolling it. And he just said, one, five, one, five, one, five. And he kept rolling those numbers, like exactly as he was calling, like, you know, he was calling them and then he was rolling them. It's like, oh, let's take this. Yeah, take this kid to Reno. Um, So that happened. And so that was, it was already kind of like a moody morning and feeling kind of, um, you know, feeling kind of spooky. And then that like witchy thing happened. And then a couple, another thing that had happened, um, he mentioned uh, some term that I hadn't heard of. He's like a big like, Greek mythology buff. And so he mentioned this like term that the, the, I don't know, it had something to do with one of the myths. I've completely forgotten it now. But the point is we got in the car and, and we had been playing, we listened to this podcast about Greek mythology and the next, like the next episode started and that, that was the topic. So I was like, okay, you're having some synchronicity here. This is a good day for you. And then we pull out the driveway and um, Donovan's season of the witch came on. And I was just like, oh, we're cranking this all the way to school. It's not a very long ride to school, but it was kind of for me that really, though I was feeling the vibes already, that really set the tone. I got to tell you something though. I love pumpkins. 
love pumpkins. I've grown a few pumpkins um, this year. Not the greatest success with my pumpkins, but I have one that's the size of my head. So that's an accomplishment. <laughs> oh, but I don't love the pumpkin spice latte thing. It's, it's, I knew it's I loved you. It's a little you. bit disgusting. I knew I loved I, you. I love that it's happening. And I love, like, I love pumpkin, like, I like pumpkin bread and I like pumpkin, like, muffins. Um, and obviously, like, pumpkin pie, but like, the, that, that stuff is just, it's, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know if you remember this, but I drink my coffee black. So that might be the part of the problem too. So yeah. So I, but I, I like the pumpkin spice season. So I'm okay with people who, um, who like it. I just, I've, tr I've tried it on and off over the years and it's just too sweet for me and a little bit, um, a little bit disgusting. <laughs> Sorry, Starbucks, because I'm not yep. getting that endorsement deal. That's okay. Look at this. Y2K2MI. Ice cap with pumpkin <laughs> spice is the best. That's the best way to ruin a pumpkin spice or an ice cap, by the way. Best way to ruin it. Put some pumpkin spice in there. Holy cow. Oh. I do like some of the, like, um, there is, like, this pumpkin spice. Like, I, they're, Don't go they're there. like the Trader Joe's version of Cheerios. They're called Joe's and they have a pumpkin spice one that actually is pretty good, but it's like a cereal. It's more like eating like a muffin or something, you know, it's not like um, contaminating your coffee. Oh, I so, hear you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I love that it's the season for it and I, I'm, I'm happy to see pumpkins everywhere. So whatever it takes, you know, we, we got to take what we can. Otherwise, you could live underground. <laughs> whatever it may be, whatever it may be, as long as the mm. season comes and goes. This is not a pumpkin spice be, latte right here. <laughs> because all of a sudden, it goes from pumpkin spice straight to peppermint because we got to get gingerbread. Can, gingerbread and candy cane. <laughs> you know, it yeah. goes, you know yeah. the order has begun. Put it that way. The order yeah. has begun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's true. It's already, yeah. Well, that's we, we just got to lean into it. I mean, for me, I think that it what what I love about it is it is kind of the portal into the dark times. And though that can sometimes be a very, you know, introspective and um, challenging time. It does like I kind of have, you know, I don't know, I, I, I write in the summer, but I don't write in the same way as I do when the skies get dark and moody and it's getting dark at four o'clock. And all I can really do is, you know, hunch over my my typewriter. <laughs> that just feel, it feels it feels better in like the, the fall and the winter to do that. I think the rest of the seasons, I just want to be outside more, which I do a lot of writing outside, but. That's beside the point. Well, I got to tell you, next time you are typing on your typewriter, I'm going to call you because I just want to hear the keys. Can you hear that? Probably not because I have headphones in. We have this no, it, this it, typewriter is a fabulous typewriter. It's a little, little vintage Smith Cronin. It actually types really nicely. Not all, They don't all type well, but that one is, a, is actually usable. So how haunted is your house? My house is not haunted. Well, it is haunted. Tell us. Yes, it is. <laughs> I know it I don't is. Know if I want to say it. Um, no, uh, I don't actually think my house is haunted. 
But it's I did so have something very odd happen today, which could easily be explained away, like so many experiences. Um, I had one, I, I don't know, the easy explanation for this is that the batteries were all changed at the same time when they were first put up. But I had a, an alarm an alarm go off. Uh, well, I'll just preface it by saying, as you know, Dave, um, I had a death in the family recently, very recently. So I don't know. I was just, it was a dark day and it was again, like not kind of overcast. And, um, I was just sort of like rambling around my house, you know, just thinking about things and the smoke alarm went off in my son's room and I don't you know. Okay. So I, that happens. The batteries go low. So I went in there and I got on the little stool and I pulled it down and I took out the battery and was like, oh, I don't know if I have any more nine volts or whatever. So I kind of set it down and then I went back doing to do what I was doing and, um, which was not a lot. <laughs> and, and within a minute, the one in my bedroom started going off. So I thought that was a little odd. So I just, you know, I kind of just like climbed up there and pulled it down was like, okay, I hear you. Like I got it and, and took them out. Now the easy explanation for that, of course, is that the, the batteries were put in within a minute of each other when they were um, installed, but I've never changed them since I've lived in this house. So it's been a number of years, you know, or maybe I have, I can't remember, but I don't know. I just thought it was a little odd. It was like, I got rid of this one and I guess I didn't get the message. And then this one went off. One of those things you could convince yourself means nothing, or you could convince yourself means everything. But in summary, I really don't think my house is haunted. Although I do think there's occasionally stopovers. Um, I was actually told once by this really amazing um, psychic man that I met, I met him in San Francisco with my friend Liz and he, we, I used to live next door to this bar that was called the Edinburgh Castle. And it was, it, I, I was seven steps from my front door to the front door of this Scottish bar. So it was pretty, pretty, pretty great setup for me um, to my apartment building to there. Anyway, I met him and he, um, he, we kind of befriended him and he was, um, it is extremely psychic to the point where he sometimes couldn't walk by cemeteries and things like that because he would hear too many things and it would be kind of overwhelming for him. And he wasn't especially like raised in an environment where he could talk about that. So of course he met me and he was like, Oh, great. Like we can talk about like ghosts and witches and everything. And you won't judge me. But anyway, he came over to my apartment one time and, and, and which was not, not decorated, not dissimilar because, you know, I just kind of still doing the same thing. <laughs> and, um, and he, and I said, do you think this place is haunted? And, and, and he said, no, but I do think that things stop over here because they can see that it's a resting place. Like they can kind of stop here and you, they know you're going to like get it because you have, you know, all of the accoutrements right all the altar and all the things and I was extremely flattered to think of that that I'm like a, a ghost stopover like I'm a, I'm a wayside house for ghosts or um you know the the roadside bar specters <laughs> awesome? I mean it's so great yeah so I don't think my actual house is haunted 
Achieve your financial goals with Sunbelt Federal Credit Union. With just a $500 minimum deposit, you can access high-yield certificates, 10 months with 5.27% annual percentage yield, or 18 months with 5.33% annual percentage yield. Visit your nearest Sunbelt Federal Credit Union location and learn more at sunbeltfcu.org. That's sunbeltfcu.org. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. Hey, I'm Matteo Celli. Listen to my debut album, Matteo, out everywhere now. Cause you were right and now I know I was wrong. Oh, I'm here cause you're still walking through my dreams at night. Oh, I'm here cause I'm still wishing it was me in your life. I'm here cause all I taste inside my mouth is regret. I'm here. I don't think there's a spirit in the house, but I have, I have felt things occasionally, but each time they feel very different. And I have lived in places that, um, yeah, I believe were haunted before, especially living in old Victorians in San Francisco and, um, with like more repeated similar experiences, um, here, not so much, but it is, it is, um, definitely there's some kind of like, really there's, there's some good restful energy here for, um, ghosts and spirits and um, you know I have a lot of real intense uh, really intense dreams loose a lot of lucid dreams in this house more than any place I've ever lived so so they're attacking your mind that's what they're doing that's fine they have at it <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna go you're gonna go hungry in about a year <laughs> you know what when we only got about a minute till the break when we come back, I want to know, out of all the haunted houses you've lived in, let's trade spookiest stories. Oh, okay. Let's trade spookiest haunted stories. Because I'll yeah. tell you, I worked in a haunted hockey rink. This Ooh. thing, this this place, and I drove by it a couple weeks ago. And it's still, like, I haven't worked there since 1996. Okay? 97, pardon me. And it still creeps me out. Ooh. It still Ooh, your, creeps me your out. Your stories are probably going to be a little bit um, more terrifying than mine, I hope. But Well, I, I've, I've shared some of them over the years on this show, but I've never gone into detail. And I know you're a hockey mom, and there's, you know, in, you know typical Canadian show where, where we're going to talk hockey hauntings. Right. Yeah. But, but, oh God. I feel like there's like it would be a very niche book, but there's a book in there somewhere. <laughs> oh it I I've I've never been more scared in a haunting than that time. Ooh. Never been more scared. Ooh, can't wait for that one. Yeah, we're gonna get into that. Varla Ventura is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio for our cryptid world, and we're talking spooky stories all night long here with Varla because hey, Tis the season for pumpkin spice lattes, pumpkin spice candles, pumpkin spice incense, and everybody wearing plaid. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. Hi, Vanessa. Varley is in Minnesota, Canada South. Yeah, <clears throat> little Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It is awesome. Canada's baby sister. Yeah. Yep. 
Isn't there a part of Minnesota that you have to go through Canada to get to? I'm pretty sure, like up in the Boundary Waters area, there's like you have to actually cross over the border to get to that part of Minnesota. You need a passport. <laughs> there is a there's an island in in New Brunswick like that where you have to. I think what is, what's the most northern northeastern state? Is it Maine? Maine. Maine. You, you have Maine. you. Have, uh, so in or- I'm pretty sure Maine goes up further north than yeah than um so Washington. In order to to get food to that island, the semi trucks have to go through the US to catch a ferry from Maine oh. to the island. Oh, so they have to go through customs and then go through yeah. that's yeah. Yeah, there was big yeah. stories about that uh, during the COVID crisis. Oh my god! Right. I thought that was yeah, with like completely different rules and yeah, you know, obviously there's already yeah. different laws. Because... Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, Hi, D. Cohen and badass Billy Gunn. How you doing? Man who comes in here with his own theme song. I'm an ass I man. I, it's so funny you you said that, and I was like it, almost expecting them to respond somehow in that moment. <laughs> I was just like. How come they're not saying anything? Uh, yeah, because you know, they're not they're not behind the scenes here. <laughs> yes, Gizmo, my man. Uh, yes, I do have my firewood stocked up. I'm going out this weekend to get a little bit more. And uh, I went out last weekend to get firewood, and all my hot spots were gone. The trees were gone because they did a bunch of clearing a couple of years ago um, to make. Uh, fire breaks along the logging roads. And so those were my areas to get firewood. And now they're all gone. So I have to go looking uh, for firewood this weekend. And uh, the following weekend, I'll be back home in Abbotsford, British Columbia, by you, Gizmo. And I am going to be there for Thanksgiving. And I will be fishing on the Vetter River that weekend to try and limit out on coho salmon. And yes, random guy is still around. He's busy right now, but he is around. He was around. He came on the air last week. Yeah. How freaking cool is uh, Iron Maiden, though? That is freaking Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. What a score. What a nice yeah. gesture also. Just knowing that your yes. son was kind of bummed about that. I mean, he's like incredibly excited. and Yes. And let me tell you, this toque by Pixie Lara. It's it, amazing. I didn't see is, her give that to you. That is just incredible. I know. It is so comfortable. It is so comfortable. Did she knit it? Yeah, it's totally oh, knitted. Pro- yeah. It's totally knitted. I, I I don't know how she oh picked God, out how fat my head would be, you know. But she nailed it. They I mean, just look, but look at the patch she got for it too. Yeah, Bigfoot Patrol. That's amazing. She, oh, it's beautiful. It's beautifully done too. Oh frick! I cannot. Uh, oh man! And, and it, it, you know, like wool toques are usually like very hot and sticky and and everything. This thing is perfect. It is perfect. I can't wait yeah. to wear it out this weekend. Because actually it's on Saturday. On it looks great. S- oh, I should tell you. Saturday night, uh, I had, or a couple weeks ago, I had one of the elders at the first, uh, at our reserve here, actually call me about wanting to talk. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I invited <laughs> him out Saturday night to my Sasquatch spot. So oh. Saturday night, we're I'm going to actually be out in the forest. And oh, it hasn't happened yet. Oh. No, it's happening this Saturday. Oh. Uh, oh. Stephen Edmund, I will be there Saturday afternoon and all day Sunday until dinner time. Oh, you're going to have tons of moonlight. Yeah. It's a great time to do it. Yeah. Well, we are 51 week. This weekend is 51 weeks since we had our encounter with the 10 footer. Mm-hmm. And, oh, 51 weeks. Yeah. So almost a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Threw me off there, Dave, I with know. your math. I know. Uh, thank <laughs> you to W. Weeks. Decker, oh, okay. Gizmo, and uh, Steven. For the amazing super chats, it's a great way to support what we do. Five bucks a month, guys, gets you into the Space Travelers Club on Patreon. The link is below in the show description. Here we go with the next half hour. Second half hour of Space Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to all of you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. We are on every major podcast network, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and every major podcast network in between. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and join us in our Space Travelers Club on Patreon. Varlaventura.net is the website for our Cryptid World co host, Varla Ventura. Her books can be found at any major bookstore, and we are talking everything about hauntings tonight. And Varla, welcome back. I love this subject. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's lovely, lovely night to be here. I it think is. that's You've never called me your co-host before. Well, you're you're like <laughs> you're like a little bit of everything. You're like pumpkin spice. You know, you make everything nice. Wait, some people hate me. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, you do. I care. Eh. I care. Eh. Eh. Yeah, I know. So I'm going to tell you a little story. So one of my previous careers before getting into radio was when in my early 20s, I had the opportunity to become a hockey instructor. And I'm very proud to say, you know, that over the three years I was a hockey instructor, I had 15 kids go on to play pro including the NHL. I think I had, I think seven of them played in the NHL and, mm. and one actually won a Stanley cup this this past year with Vegas. Oh, yeah. That, oh, with Vegas. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. So that's that, so cool. that is very cool to me, but nonetheless, nonetheless, this, I, I worked at this training facility. Okay. 
Achieve your financial goals with Sunbelt Federal Credit Union. With just a $500 minimum deposit, you can access high-yield certificates. 10 months with 5.27% annual percentage yield or 18 months with 5.33% annual percentage yield. Visit your nearest Sunbelt Federal Credit Union location and learn more at sunbeltfcu.org. That's sunbeltfcu.org. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. Hey, I'm Matteo Celli. Listen to my debut album, Matteo, out everywhere now. So take a take a hockey rink and shrink it to about two thirds the size, and then we had a training facility upstairs with weights and the dressing rooms and everything, and things were weird there. The building was in like a like an industrial lot. It was a it was a last building of an industrial lot that was shaped like a giant letter L, okay, and it was cut out of a hillside in order to make room for this. And to this day, I think what happened was when they were digging out the hillside to create this little industrial area, I think they dug up a body that was deep there. Mm. Yeah, that's what I think happened. Okay, but that's for another day. So the weirdness really started where there would be times where you know, you'd be in, in the office sharpening skates or something like that, and you'd hear footsteps on the tiles, right? Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, okay, all right, this is this is weird. And then driving the Zamboni, because we did everything there. Not only did we teach, but we also all drove Zambonis. And, and by the way, I will say this, driving a, a Zamboni is awesome. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, it looks so it, awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> All right, so if you haven't driven a Zamboni, <laughs> I have. All right. But I would often see... I want to drive a Zamboni. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> but I would often see in our second-tier viewing area, in between ice sessions, see just like a man standing in the glass. I love that I understand everything you're saying. Like seven years ago, I might not have, but I I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) Yeah. So in the upstairs viewing area, every now and again, I'd get freaked out because I'd I'd see a person standing there. But if I turned and looked, they weren't there. Hmm. Right. And then it started when I started closing up at night. You know, the last guys would get off the ice at about, say, 11 o'clock. They'd get undressed, showered up, and and you know they'd you know have a couple of beers in the in the dressing rooms and then kind of go and get out so then i had to go clean do the half hour cleanup but that last half hour i always felt like i had to get the hell out of that rink had to get the hell out of there like like the minute i turned the lights off i was like sprinting to to the door and set the alarm sprinting to the door oh so the weirdness was slowly starting in this place. And then all of a sudden, um, I get a phone call at one thirty, two o'clock in the morning that there's a fire inside the building. So believe it or not, heat helps create ice. 
So our ice machine, which costs like half a million dollars, blew up. Oh, it blew what? it blew up. I've and, never heard of that. And happening. here's the strange thing. The company who made it had had been doing this for like 30, 35 years, had never had one of their machines blow up until this time. Hmm. And and after that happened, weird stuff really started taking place. I remember after we reopened, I, I, I had to be there for an early morning ice session. And I unlocked the doors at like five in the morning because the team had to be on for practice at six. And I'm sitting behind in the office and there's a cement wall, brick wall behind us. And there's no tenants in the building beside us. And all of a sudden it was like somebody was taking a sledgehammer to the bricks. And I didn't hear this, but a couple of, I heard this, but a couple of the other parents Heard it as well. And they're like, what the hell is that? So we grab a flashlight. We go put it at the bay doors right beside it. Put the flashlight in there. Nothing is in there. Well, this is weird, right? Then all of a sudden, you started seeing this guy up at the stands more and more. After that, I started to say to my boss, because sometimes if he worked the night shift and then had to be there early, he would just sleep the three, four hours, pull up a sleeping bag, sleep four hours, and then wake up, right, for the next group. And I said, do you ever hear weird things in here at night? He's like, dude, this place gives me the creeps. Ooh, and I'm like, <laughs> and he, I'm like, what is going on? I said, is this place haunted? He goes, I don't know. He goes, but I cannot stand staying here at night. So one night we were, uh, or there was a, there was a, a, a serial killer running around my town, potential serial oh. killer. Okay. <laughs> called the Abbotsford killer. And there was this composite photo of him. And I had to open up the rink at five o'clock in the morning. And Ugh. I got there early. <laughs> I got there early. And the, the team that was supposed to practice didn't have to practice till seven. And as I'm kind of walking around playing solitaire on the computer, I hear a knock on the door. And I go open the door, and here's this dude that looks like the composite drawing right there. He's oh, like, no. <laughs> he's like, hey, um, can, can I use your washroom? And I'm like, he's like, I'm, I'm here for an ice time. I'm like, no, man, like, we're closed until 6 o'clock. Like, it freaked me out, right? It, and the funny part about it is the composite drawing ended up looking nothing like the guy who got caught. Oh, <laughs> strange part about it is it looked like his brother, but that's a different story. Oh, yeah. So moving forward. But was that kid actually there for ice time? No, he didn't have or a kid. He, he could... didn't have a kid with him. Oh, he just was saying yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. So he was I, I wouldn't let I wouldn't let him in the building. I just said, no, I couldn't do it. So that was weird. Other things that happened there was one night I was going to the bar after closing up. My cousin and his girlfriend were there because we were all riding together and I was going to be designated driver that night. And nobody had been on the ice or in the building except us three for about 30 minutes. And I'm cleaning up the dressing rooms, all the tape, all the spit and all this, you know, wiping down the <laughs> floors that we have to do. And, and all of a sudden... I start hearing pucks 
banging off the ice and the glass. Now, for anybody who knows that sound in a hollow arena, you know that it's distinct. Someone's on the ice. Someone's on the ice. So my cousin says to me, he goes, who's out on the ice? I said, no one. No one's here but us three. I locked the door behind us. Go out on the ice, of course, nobody there, not a single puck on the ice. Right? Now I'm like, we were freaked out on that one. A couple weeks later, something moved outside. Oh. I got my window I got my window open here and <laughs> we are may, like may, gonna invoke something. <laughs> may, maybe maybe my bear is here. Maybe my bear is here. Come on over here if you're here. Come and say hi. Mm-hmm. Put your nose on the screen. Anyways. So a couple weeks later it's getting close to Christmas. And it's about two days before Christmas, and my boss calls me in early. He's like, dude, I need you to help me out here. I need you to come in early. I said, what's going on? He goes, the bathroom exploded. And I'm like, what do you mean the uh- bathroom exploded? Call the plumber, not me. He goes, no, dude, like, I need some help cleaning this up. Okay. Oh, gross. And so you can imagine <laughs> it's it's a 10-foot room or an 8-foot room, okay, and imagine feces everywhere. No, I don't want to imagine that. Okay. It was disgusting. <laughs> it was one of the grossest things I ever had to do. It took me four. Mine had already gone there. I, it, took me, it took me four to five hours to finally, you know, besides, you know, vomiting every few minutes, you know, to, cl- oh, to clean that up. So oh. it was a short day because we had... We had nothing going on. Feces everywhere. <laughs> so I lock up the building at seven o'clock that night. And two days later, my boss goes back. Okay. My boss goes back to uh, the arena because they were having a family skate. And I get a call at 11 o'clock in the morning on Christmas day. And he is chewing my butt off. I told you to clean that bathroom. You didn't clean it at all. I said, what do you mean? I spent five hours. You can ask anybody who was in the rink that day that I had the bathroom shut down and that I was scrubbing it. I said, and how many times I vomited in there, right, over the stench and (laughs) smell and everything like that, blah, blah, blah. And apparently, apparently, the bathroom had, even though nobody had been in the building or used that bathroom after I cleaned it, it exploded again. Oh, God. And his Christmas day was having to clean up the mess that he thought that I left for him. But it gets weirder. Disgusting. This Disgusting. hockey ring gets weirder. The Zamboni would jump when you were driving it. All of a sudden, it would jump into gear and roll into the, the bay door. It even rolled into oh. It even rolled into a vehicle one day when it was oh. off. On flat ground, it was like somebody was driving it and turned it into a vehicle. Then, you know, I was 21. I still lived at home with my parents. And, you know, it was after the bar one night. And a female friend says, let's go for a skate. So 
For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Nico has always been a leader ahead of the curve, but his growth wasn't keeping up. So his pediatrician recommended PediaShore Nutrition Shakes to help him grow and support his immune system. And he says they are delicioso. Shop for PediaShore at PediaShore.com. I bring her back, but she didn't really want to skate. So I figured, okay. Uh. <laughs> I figured, okay. Let's go back to the rink. So we go back to the rink. We go upstairs. We're just about to start making out and making sweet love for the night. Things are going great. And I hear keys in the front door down below us. And then I hear the door open, close the door lock. She's hearing this too. And then footsteps on the tile floor. And then those footsteps turn up the stairs to come up to where we are. Oh, God. And we're, like, both half undressed. Okay? We quickly get dressed up, and we're waiting there to see who comes up the stairs. I peek up because there's a window. There's a window up there. There's only three of us who have keys, the two owners and myself. And I look out the window to look down to see whose vehicle is in the parking lot beside mine, and there's no other vehicle. So I said... Hello? Who's here? No answer. We go to the stairs. Nobody is there. The door is still locked. Okay. (laughs) The door is still locked. I set the alarm, got the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. Yeah. That was goodbye. That was enough. So I ended up. Do it in the car. Let's get out of here. It it killed the mood. It killed the mood, right? (laughs) Right overall, right? So I I ended up quitting because I ended up going to broadcast school. And and after that, they put the the Arita eventually, or the training facility actually, the guys unfortunately went bankrupt. Okay. And it was just. It was too bad it, because they had a real good thing going, but they didn't know how to run a business if for the, if their life depended on them. But it was a lot of fun while we were there. And they opened up a kids' facility that has all those tubes that kids crawl in, oh, you know. <laughs> so my daughter, a few years later, gets invited to a birthday party there. Oh. And she's about five years old and at the time. She's 24 now. And we go there. So the owner's ringing us up, and I'm looking up. I said, you know, I used to work here when it was a hockey rink. And she's like, oh, really? So I looked at her, and I said, seen the ghosts around here yet? And she goes stone white. And she goes, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And I, and I just knew. I said, yeah, you do. And she pulled me to the side, and I said, so when's the last time the bathroom blew up? And she goes even more pale white. She goes, it just happened last Tuesday. Mm. And I'm like, and she goes, you know what? She goes, I don't know what's in the middle of this place, 
but every night when I clean the facility, because they scre- they used to like wash down all the, the everything. Yeah. She goes, every time I went near the ball pit, the balls would start moving, and the oh, balls geez. would start being thrown out of the pit while we were cleaning at night. Honestly, this is like this story could become a horror novel. It totally could. <laughs> it was it was really really weird. You know? That is super creepy. And also like there's when when things like that happen when you're kind of younger, I think and you're not as used to it i guess you know it's like we're older now we, we've had more experiences we're a little more used to it we know we know what to look for we know what to say if we don't want it around but i don't know i mean i i was like obviously a weirdo when i was you know 21 but i wasn't as experienced with the um paranormal as i as i am now so i certainly I feel like there were things that I, you know, experiences I had that, that seemed maybe today wouldn't, they wouldn't have gone, gone so far. Um, case in point, the using a Ouija board on acid in the haunted Victorian in the basement. Oh my. <laughs> that was a mistake. <laughs> I'll just say that right now. That was a mistake for a variety of reasons. Um, I mean, the company that I was with was was trustworthy, I think. And, and I still think that um, was a gentleman. But the um, paranormal company, not so much. So in the in the town that I, you know, knocked about most of my teenage years, there was this house and it was called the yellow house and the yellow house was like the house where all the kind of like kids who got kicked out of their house or who needed a place to like live because they dropped out of high school or the punk rockers who were like working and finishing school or had just finished, you know, high school and were, um, you know, not going to college or whatever. So it was just, it was like flop house. Isn't quite the word for it, but it was a bit of a flop house. Um, it was cool. It was beautiful, beautiful old house built in the 18, probably the 1860s. I mean, it was a very old house and it was, um, you know, it was decorated by a bunch of punk rockers. So it was, it was painted and people had their posters up and, um, there were every room in the house that could be turned into a bedroom was of course a bedroom. So one guy had the back porch and, um, there were two or three bedrooms upstairs and there was, um, I think three bedrooms on the main floor, you know, one that was probably at one point, like the dining room and all of that. And then there was like a living room and dining room. And then there was a basement. And the interesting thing about the basement is that even if somebody, I mean, everybody paid rent. So it wasn't really like a flop house in that sense. Right. It was like somebody owned it and they, they paid people, everybody pulled together and paid rent and, you know, switched rooms when someone else would move out. And, uh, 
the basement though like even if you could live there for free like no one would stay in the basement and it wasn't um you know honestly like a a lot of a lot of places in california don't really have big basements it's not really like a basement kind of place at least not in the area where i grew up it it, you know there was a basement it was just sort of like man there's some storage down there or you were kind of partly built into a hillside. And I can't remember if this basement was like a walkout where it had a door that went out. But um, right next to this house was like a kind of, it wasn't a, it wasn't a sewer tunnel, but there was a tunnel that went underground and did probably eventually at one point like connected to the sewers, but it was part of this network of tunnels that you could kind of crawl around the, um, the downtown area of this little like gold rush mining town. And, uh, there were always rumors that you could pop up in the wine cellar of the, you know, fancy restaurant downtown that one of the tunnels like had a door that led there and you could, you could, get wine from there and, and things like that. So we would occasionally like someone in the group would get up gumption to like go and explore the tunnels. I never really enjoyed uh, the tunnels myself. And so I had already had this experience where I went in the, went into the tunnels and kind of had a little bit of like a, I mean, whatever it was, but I think probably now it, it would be, I would call it a panic attack, but I just got in there. There was graffiti and then it kind of got, I don't know. It was just, you could stand in the tunnel. It wasn't really tiny. It wasn't like it was claustrophobia. Like, you know, you're crawling down this like little into this little cavern. There's just something about it. I got really, really panicked and I um, kind of ran out of there. So that was right next to the house. Like you came out of the tunnel and you kind of went around the corner and then the house was situated there. And there had been just interesting that you mentioned sort of like the mountain there that was like cut away because where the house is situated, there's a mountain that was obviously like cut away to form the road. And that road actually, Dave, connects with the road that goes all the way up to Donner Pass, all the way up to Reno. So like that was the original road back in the day when people would try and come up from like San Francisco and Sacramento and get up to the mining camps and, you know, um, try their hand at, um, you know, making a fortune in the mines. And anyway, so uh, naturally like that, that town is extremely haunted, but back to the basement. So, uh, like no one really ever went down in the basement. Um, and so I was dating a guy who lived in the house, but he had this funky little room that was like off the kitchen. Hold that thought. Yeah. We got a pregnant pause this. I saw, I saw you. We got a pregnant pause this. And we are going to go to break here at the top of the hour. We're sharing paranormal woo stories with the latest and greatest. Marla Ventura. We love her around here. Yeah. The queen of the spooky times. The double V. Varlaventura.net is her website. We are going to continue with spooky stories and hauntings right after this on Spaced Out Radio. Good times, my friend. Good times. You know what I meant to tell you? You know it came in the mail like three days after I got back from Vegas? It was this whole 
packet. It came and I was like, are these more stickers? Like, I don't need any more stickers. And then I remembered that they were temporary tattoos. And that was like, I was just going to give those away and put them on people in Vegas, you know, because all, all the tattoo talk and they were, the, yes. you know, the VV logo. So they came. I have them. They nice. didn't come in time for, for Vegas. So we'll, we'll see. Well, Mother's Day weekend in Reno. You're going to have to be, be eh. there for it. Bring, bring the boy. Bring the boy. Yeah. We'll send him to hockey camp. Cool. I'm going to put you in the green room for a couple We're minutes. I'll be right circus, back. Circus. I'll be right back.
I am back. How y'all doing? We're having a good night with Varley. Varley. There she is. You have this you got this incredible glow off your lights tonight. Yeah, candles are good right now. They're like flickering like crazy too. And they're they're real real candles. It's because you have spirits. Probably. Mm hmm. <laughs> as 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 they Yeah. Mm-hmm. As they flit about. Flittering about. We got ten Flitch seconds. About. Thank you to W Decker, Times Two, Gizmo, Steven, Human Carl, Deb, and Lightwalkers. Really appreciate the love. Here we go. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with hour number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight, talking paranormal with Varla Ventura. How fun is this? want to say hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, talk stream live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Salma Gundy. Salma Gundy is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon at the SOR Space Travelers Club. Here's Varla Ventura. VarlaVentura.net is her pass, is her website, pardon me, as we are looking towards some really, really cool spooky stories leading up to Halloween. And Varla, welcome back. Thank you. You are very, very welcome. <laughs> very, very welcome. All right. So, Varla, you were right before the break telling us a story about a haunting that you were in involving weird Ouija boards and you were with an ex-boyfriend at the time and hanging on out. What happened there? Well, at the time, he was my boyfriend. <laughs> Later, he was an ex. Um, so just just to recap, right? So uh, there, there aren't a lot of basements in California, that earthquakes and then rocky soil and clay. So it was a, a little unusual to have this basement in this house. Again, this house was built in the 1800s and it really it had like this basement was, it was like out of a Stephen King novel. Honestly, it was the basement with the little, the little tiny like egress window that was all grimy and barely let in a little bit of light and was just above the soil line. And there was a creaky, creaky staircase that sort of went down, you know, 10 steps and then turned and then went down a couple more steps. And um, the door to it was an old door that, you know, it is like 
no one ever really opened. But then when you did open it, it was, I don't know. There, it was just, it was very, very dark down there. There was, you know, a bulb or two. And there was, uh, you know, honestly, as I recall it, it was my idea. <laughs> so I was like, I've never been in the basement. What's in the basement? You know, I don't know. I was just like, what? Well, I don't know. Let's go check it out. So we go down there. And I think, you know, what probably was down there mostly were the things of the people who owned the house had stored some stuff there. And a few people who had come and gone had kind of left some things down there. And so there was this very odd menagerie of things in, in the basement. You know, there was the, the, the mannequin in the corner and, um, you know, broken radios and just like boxes and just things back in the shadows and stuff. So it was really like setting the scene for, again, it, it was really just like that basement where the kids kind of walking down the, the, you know, the flashlight goes out as you're going down the steps. Flashlight didn't go out. So again... Uh, Nico has always been a leader ahead of the curve, but his growth wasn't keeping up. So his pediatrician recommended PediaSure Nutrition Shakes to help him grow and support his immune system. And he says they're delicioso. Shop for PediaSure at PediaSure.com. If you've ever heard a thrilling song hook, a killer guitar lick, or an exhilarating beat and thought, I want to learn how to do that, Berkeley Online can take you there. Berkeley Online offers more than 250 courses with the same teachings and the same teachers as the renowned Berkeley College of Music in Boston. But you can learn from anywhere. Plus, it's a fraction of the cost. Visit bol.education for a free sample lesson or use code LEARN for a 10% discount on your first non-degree course or certificate. bol.education. Learn music with Berkeley from anywhere. Um, just so you, you know, I take full responsibility for my bad decisions in my youth, but I was like, well, let's bring the Ouija board down there. We had been using the Ouija board around the house because I was convinced that that particular house was haunted and, um, not a lot of people really would have thought to use the Ouija board, but, uh, you know, along, along comes Farla and I said, yeah, you know, I want to, I want to try this. And so we tried it in a few different places. And Dave, you and I have kind of talked about Ouija boards and, you know, how yes. much of it is telekinesis and how much of it is sort of, you know, or like intention and how much of it is actually picking things up. And um, I think sometimes, honestly, it's both or one or the other. So um, I don't personally have a fear of Ouija boards in spite of this story. You all might by the end of it, but... <laughs> Um, you know, I, I, I still think it's an excellent tool and like any kind of divinatory tool, if used, um, properly, it can provide some insight and guidance. And if used improperly, uh, such as by a couple teenagers high in a basement, <laughs> bad things could happen. So it's not, it's not the Ouija board. It's the Ouija board users. You know, it's the fingers on the planchet that are really the, the, the cause. It's not a demonic entity. It's the person who opened the door for the demonic entity. So anyway, so we go down in the basement. And um, again, as I, what, what the, sit, the setup was, like his bedroom was basically like what was like the, the mud room off the back porch, off the kitchen. So it was very small. It was basically just a bed. It didn't have any space to like sit and do anything. 
And um, plus everyone was always coming and going from the kitchen. So it wasn't super private. So if we wanted to do some sort of like, you know, seance like situation, I, you know, it was like, well, if we, it was just one of those houses where anyone could walk in the door any minute. So-and-so gets off work from this restaurant at 11. It's people just, you know, come home when they come home or if they don't live there, they just show up and want to hang out with their friends. So if you wanted to do something uninterrupted, uh, you really couldn't do it at the dining room table, right? So we go down in the basement. I don't know why, but it just seemed like a good idea at the time. So we go down in the basement and we, of course, on my insistence, light some candles. <laughs> so we got candles. We got like a dim light above the stairs. I think we had turned the overhead light out and we started using the Ouija board. And I just want to say again, I still, I'm still friends with this person. I still trust this person. I don't think they had, they weren't significantly older than me. I think he was like two years older than me. So they weren't, I don't feel like they had some sort of lascivious intent. Um, but you know, teenage boys. So we're sitting in the basement and we start doing this Ouija board and it kind of starts like immediately making contact. You know where this is going, right? This I'm is, having a feeling. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be ghost sex. Oh, <laughs> That's where <my>. it's going. <laughs> so we're like in the, so we're, we're doing this session and the Ouija board is, it's talking to us. We, we very quickly make contact with an entity it um or something and it's spelling out some you know just the basics it's like I, I didn't have a lot of experience with it i had used it since i was a kid but i didn't have experience being like the conductor or whatever so just asking some questions what's here um what do you you know what's what's your name and and then you know again it's been like 30 years since this happened so but it was very, it stood out in my mind and it's, it's been seared in my brain in many ways because um, it, it's, it sort of started spelling out some things like, you know, oh, well, I, um, it, basically it's this planchet started spelling out that it wanted to have sex. It wanted us to have sex, whether that meant, I don't know, really knew, no, I didn't know at the time. Did it mean it wanted to watch us have sex or if it wanted to have sex with it. it was just kind of confusing perverted so, is, is more like it <laughs> ghost orgy and so the boyfriend says i'm gonna go get us something to drink this is weird i need to take a break and he you know goes up the stairs and he goes to get like a giant you know gallon of wine or something you know and um i of course, I think I've established that I, especially at the time, made a lot of impetuous, poor decisions, which I think made me me. So I'm not full of regret, but I'm just telling it like it is. So um, I, you know, I'm still curious. It's like if somebody says, don't read that letter, and then they leave it on the table in front of you, you know, I mean, come on, you're going to open it, right? So he goes upstairs, he goes to get the gallon of wine, or maybe he even ran to the store. I'm not sure. Do I come up and take a break? No, I stay in the basement. By the way, we also could smoke in the basement. That was the one place inside the house where you could smoke and nobody cared. So 
I just decide that I'm going to continue correspondence with this entity because I'm kind of bored, right? So I, and, and I'm also intrigued, I'm bored and intrigued. So I continue correspondence and um, this, the conversation very quickly sort of, it, it turns into, it, it's not, it's not graphic, but it's very insistent. It starts moving. The planchet starts moving right away. Me alone on the board. And I know I'm not moving it, which is a very weird experience because if that's ever happened to you, it's very disconcerting. Because when you, you typically you do a Ouija board, you have more than one person putting their hands on the planchet. And so in the back of your mind, you can always sort of convince yourself that the other person's pulling your leg, right? They're like tricking you or they're moving it. This started moving on it, not on its own. It, it wouldn't move if my hands weren't on it. And, you know, again, like high telekinesis, all of these things. But I proceed to have this conversation with this ghost about how it basically it convinces me that um, it would be very easy for it to kind of just like, you know, just enter into my body. And, uh, you know, I. Okay, so my my friend Bucky has this expression, and it's it's um, kind of like a recovery expression. It's like a, people who have addictive behaviors are hot stove touchers. So that's like, um, you know, oh, that stove's hot. Let me touch it and find out. I think I have already demonstrated that I have this problem. <laughs> and I certainly, I mean, I've wrangled it more. I'm a mother now, for God's sake. But I, 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 uh, I touched the stove, you know, I went for it. I was like, okay, you know, and I just, I sort of instinctively being the, the witch that I am, I just sort of figured out that I would light this candle and light that candle and kind of position everything just so. And just as I was kind of getting everything organized, um, I went to put my hands back on the planchet. And the basement door opened. And at the same time the basement door opened, the whole board just sort of flew across the room. And um, in my mind, I thought, oh, it was like mad that it got interrupted because here comes the boyfriend with the gallon of wine and, you know, the like, hey, what's going on? Oh, you didn't use that by yourself, did you? And I just looked at him and I said, we need to leave. We, we need to go. So, so we left and I couldn't even be in the house anymore. We left, we went, went, um, went down to a park or something. And, um, but whatever it was stayed with me and certainly attached itself to me for an extended period of time so that I had a series of dreams, um, with a sort of ambiguous being in it. And then um, someone had suggested we go back into those tunnels where I'd already had a panic attack. So there were a number of things that happened after that that sort of like kept the thread going until finally I told someone who was an older, um, an older woman that I knew at work who I happened to know was quite witchy. And I told her what happened without, um, you know, I'm sure I painted myself in a, a more innocent light. And she said, you know what, whether you think that happened or not, let's do, there was no talk of going to the house and doing any kind of exorcism or anything like that. 
Um, but she said, let's just go and do, we'll do a, like a, a ritual down by the river and we'll do it under the full moon. And we'll just like, you know, kind of just make sure you're, you're kind of cleaned of that. And so we did, you know, the full moon came about a week and a half later and she met me down by the river and we um, bathed ourselves in the glorious waters of the Yuba River in the moonlight. And um, I felt a lot better after that. So, um, but anyway, there was, you know, ongoing correspondence with something. What I think was interesting about it is that after the Ouija board was no longer there, I continued to feel like I was having correspondence with this thing, um, whatever it was. So, Weird. yeah, I mean, I did all the things you weren't supposed to do, all the things your mother warns you against. <laughs> did it? Did it still continue hitting on you, the ghost? Yeah, it was exactly what was happening. The ghost was hitting on a you know seventeen year old girl repeatedly. Um, it was probably the ghost of some like you know, horny old miner or something like that, you know, it's just like been living too long in the, in the hills. Um, yeah, it did. It did. And and then, but then like after that happened, after the like sort of ritual, I think it just gave me some, I, I think more than anything, it gave me some power to just say like, you know what? I don't want you around anymore. Get out of here. Which is a tough lesson for a, you know, a teenage girl. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Varla Ventura is here tonight. Yeah, going down the the strange aisle of the paranormal. You know, I have been I have been in a number of haunted areas, and I gotta tell you, one of the creepiest stories that ever happened to me was in twenty eighteen. My son Oh you you're looking out the window again. I am. I think there is actually some an animal moving out there. But um, my son was, I think, three or four years old. 2018, so it's five years ago. So he's five years old, and he was at daycare. And I'm on the phone talking with someone, doing some radio business. And all of a sudden, I like I'm in my basement. And you know when a child does that scream laugh that kids do at that at that young yeah. age all of a sudden i hear really loud above me that screech laugh that kids do and i said to the person on the phone i said did you hear that and she goes yeah she goes was that your son i'm like yeah i said but there's a problem and she goes, what's that? I said, my son's not home. I'm the, I'm the only one in the house. And she's like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, no, I'm not kidding you. And she didn't believe me. I went upstairs, cleared the house, and I said, okay, like I'm leaving in 10 minutes to go get my son from daycare. She goes, I'm staying on the phone with you because I want to hear his voice. So... I I held her on the phone, pick up my son at daycare, call her, uh, you know, come back and put him in his car seat. And I said, can you say hi to daddy's friend? And he's like, hi, you know, and she's like, oh, my God, that's the sound of the voice. Oh, and I'm like, yes. And I said, but the problem is I just picked him up at daycare. That was weird. That was very, very weird for me. 
Is that the house you live in now, or is yes. it a different house? Oh, my my home here, where SOR headquarters is, has a lot of activity in it. On the property, oh. on the in the house, in the backyard, lots of lots of weird things happen here. It's a split level, right? It's a rancher with a basement. Yeah, because look, our, our our basement ledges are lined up tonight. You see that? <laughs> I, I didn't notice, but that is actually they kind are. of cool. They are. That's like a similar similar style, yeah. Have you ever been, we got four minutes to go here, have you ever been walking in a forest and had paranormal activity happen? What's the strangest yeah, thing that's happened to you in a forest? Um, probably, oh boy, <laughs> the strangest paranormal thing you mean. Um, the strangest paranormal thing, uh, I think there's quite, there's quite a few, uh, a, a large number of them ha- happened in Oregon over a, uh, a period of time. The Oregon woods are, well, you know, it's the Pacific Northwest, an area, you know, well, they have a certain vibe about them. Uh, so probably one of the stranger things was actually took place during the day and I can't even remember the name of the park now, but it was about an hour outside of Portland, Oregon. And I was on a hike, just a hike, whatever, a ramble with some friends, um, on this beauty and through this beautiful dense forest and there was a, a river and a waterfall nearby and it was just gorgeous and it was summertime. So it was like fairly warm, but it wasn't like super, super hot, um, you know, so it probably was like early June or something like that. And uh, we were just walking through this forest and we got to this spot. We weren't even that far off the trail, but we got to this spot and all of a sudden my body just went into like shock. It was like I had had um, like heat stroke or something, but it wasn't warm enough to have heat stroke. And it was like the beginning of the hike. And uh, I just went into shock and I actually kind of started shaking and just sort of, you know, like dropped down and um, had to ride it out, you know, just kind of sat there for a couple of minutes, didn't really understand what was happening. The whole forest was sort of like convulsing around me and, um, and then, you know, sort of came to and I just looked at everyone and I was like, we're not going on this path. <laughs> like I, it, you know, Obviously, something just happened to me, but that's not why we're not going on this path. We're not going on this path because there's something untoward waiting for us on, on the other end. So that was a very, you know, it was four or five people and they were like, okay, <laughs> well, you know, you, we don't really want to do it if you don't. So that was like the more kind of, you know, it wasn't like a medical thing. Like I just, I, I felt really odd but I it wasn't I there was nothing happening with me really medically um it just was like a I don't know I just kind of had this this breakdown before we even went on the trail and um, and then there's this cottage on this in in the middle of Portland there's this place called the witches cottage and if you've ever been to Portland it's in Forest Park and it's this old stone building everybody just calls it like the witches cottage or the witches castle and, uh, I'd been out there a few times with people and I just loved it. And so I decided to go alone one time and it was in the, it's in the middle of the forest and it doesn't have like a roof or anything. It's just like the ruins. And I had, I, I heard, so, I heard something say my name three times on that trail. I was alone 
And one of the third time it happened, I was in that little um, hut of the house and it was just so clear that I thought someone had followed me. And that was enough to kind of freak me out just that, that, you know, someone human had followed me, but um, you know, there was no one there. So I sort of scampered back towards civilization as quickly as I could. So I've had a couple little things more like that, like just sort of creepy things. And honestly, being a woman walking alone at, at any time in an urban forest is um, always a little frightening. <laughs> yeah. You're lucky you didn't follow any of those voices because bad things can happen when the voices come out. Well, you know, hot stove toucher. I'm not a follower. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Varla, we're going to get you to hold on right there. Hard to believe we only have 30 minutes left with you tonight on Spaced Out Radio. It's been a great night so far sharing spooky stories with Varla Ventura tonight. VarlaVentura.net is her website, and you can find her books at any major bookstore across North America. We love having Varla here on our cryptid world. We will be right back on Spaced Out Radio. Stay tuned. More to come right after this. Finally got the little bastard. We have, uh, at this time of year, we get these little black bugs. They're called noceums. Oh, yeah, yeah. They have those up in the, yeah, yeah. up in the UP. They, they are We don't annoying. really have them here. They so are much, annoying. A little further and they're, north. And they're small yeah. enough where they could fly right through a screen, right? Yeah. And they're just a pain in the ass. And they're just maddening because they're kind of always in your peripheral vision, right? Yes. You're just like, ah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's do a little mm. audience poll here. What should the Dave 101 be about tonight? Oh, yeah, good audience poll. What do you think, Varla? Um, hmm. Well, I'm trying to think of things that have been, because usually, usually um, it's something a little bit more topical. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm trying to think of something that's been... In the news lately, that would be significant. I mean, other than like UFO stuff. Hmm. Well, because it, it's also sort of like your opinion about something, right? So, like, don't be insulted by this, but it's a bit of a rant. It is. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. This is your time to shine. Here's here. here. I don't know. All okay, right. I have something very personal, but this has nothing to do with the paranormal. I'm a Zamboni. You can't really rant about it because you're 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 Canadian. So what's that? Your... Well, you have free health care, right? You no. have covered health care. We got covered health care. It's not free. It's not I, free. I pay, okay. I pay a lot it's of taxes. not ta- European. <laughs> I pay a lot of taxes. and But, yeah. you, know, but you know what? I will say this. Okay. I, mean, I pay a lot of taxes, and I also pay for health care. So. Here, here's the thing that I look at it. I think there's good taxes and there's bad taxes, and I don't really care. And it's just because I've, I've never grown up in a different system, in any other system. 
you know, but I really don't care that, you know, if someone is making, say, $150,000 or they're making $28,000 a year, uh, you know, to me, uh, healthcare is healthcare. It's all about people, right? Yeah. So, so, I mean, but I mean, we have to pay on a lot of shit now, especially medicine. Uh, a lot of companies to save money have have pulled away on dental care. Right? You mean you didn't have to pay for that before? I um I've never paid for a doctor's visit if that's what you're asking. Nothing? I, no. I want to I want to move to Canada. <laughs> You know, oh, we pay every we we pay. I I pay monthly insurance. I have a deductible, and then every time I go to the doctor or my son goes to the doctor, unless it's an annual well child visit, um, I pay a copay, a copay. In other words, they're covering a little bit of it, so that's usually forty fifty bucks yeah. each time. Like, and but, then, but I can tell you, like, I and know, then I pay for prescriptions, of course. Like, if you have a good insurance policy, a hundred, a hundred and twenty dollar yeah. medication is twelve dollars, but you're still paying that twelve dollars out of well, pocket. I can tell you that I was blown away when a friend of mine from the states came up here, and we went. We were at a Walmart uh, to get some. We were looking for a, a TV, and I. I was blown away that this person uh, in their state uh, that a, that a tube of uh, a tube of Voltaren was a hundred bucks in their state, and they had what's it, Voltaren? It's like a pain relief cream. Oh, and up here it was like twelve bucks. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, um, but I mean. My med my medical that I get through my job, um, I think it covers like up to five hundred bucks for eyeglasses. Uh, covers I think eighty uh, percent of my dental. Um, mm-hmm. I get counseling if like up to ten counseling sessions uh, if I need it. Um, covers up to ten massage therapies. What? Yeah. Uh, That's so cool. That's such an excellent preventative medicine. And we have such a skewed view of it as being a luxury. And it's actually really a body maintenance thing. I agree. Okay. we got My body definitely needs maintenance. (laughs) Here we go, Varla. Here we go. We pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate tuning us all in. Want to remind you that if you miss most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join our Space Travelers Club 
on Patreon. Here we go with Varla Ventura for the final half hour of Our Cryptid World. Her website, varlaventura.net. We're sharing spooky ghost stories. And right before the break, I asked Varla about spooky stories in the forest when she's been wandering around. Varla, welcome back. Thank you. I love a good spooky forest. Yes. I think the scariest thing that's happened to me or that I've heard of in the forest didn't really happen to me, but it involved me was one night <laughs> I, I was, I was sitting in my studio doing my thing, but my buddy, Mike, who is a lot of times in our YouTube chat, he was out hunting and that's about, he's about driving wise, about 25 minutes from me. And it was, it was just getting into dusk. And he pulls into this gravel pit and parks his vehicle, then walks the the 70, 80-yard road back up because it's a good area. He was hunting rabbits and he was hunting grouse. And so he walks to the top and waits a few minutes. So, you know, because his vehicle went by to, you know, let the animals calm down, so to speak. And then he slowly starts walking back down towards into the gravel pit for his vehicle. And so the interesting part about this is he got about two thirds of the way down and he starts hearing my voice in the forest. Mike, I'm over here. Help me, Mike. Help me. Come here. I'm over here. And he's like, that ain't Dave. Okay. And he, he, to this day, he says he ran back to his vehicle as fast as he could, hopped in his vehicle, got the hell out of there. He took his time going out, you know, and as it was getting a little bit darker, he actually, you know, part, put it, uh, position his vehicle into the trees. So that way he could turn his lights on to see if he could see anything moving in there. He said he was almost tempted to go into that area to find me. But the the better part of him got the, you know, smartened him up and said, no, this isn't safe. Now, wiser, the wiser part. Oh yeah. (laughs) Now the, the strange part about it is um, around here, we have a lot of little people and forest dwellers Mm, mm -hmm. who are known to take people by their voices. They lure people in. And I said, to this day, I said, Mike, if you would have followed that voice in, you would have, we would have never seen you again. You'd have been gone. Or he would have been returned seven years later, like skin and bones. Could have been. Thinking that he had been in, you know, some other, some other realm the whole time, wandering the forest. Yeah. I mean, that's. I'm not taking that. Oh chance. yeah. That trickster element oh, yeah. of, you know, whatever it is that, um, I mean, I, th- I think like probably the thing that is, this has not happened to me, but the thing that would, you know, I, I think the thing that might convince me to go after it is if it sounded like my kid, you know, like that would be the, I probably shouldn't have said that out loud, but you know, I mean, it seems like that's the thing that as a mother, I wouldn't be able to resist unless I was in the situation like you were, where you knew full well that you had dropped your child off 
at daycare and you knew that oh yeah that's you know that's where he was there was absolutely no way that 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 he could be in the house i i i've had um that throwing voices thing i find that to be fascinating phenomena and whether it's um uh you know what you would consider like a poltergeist or something else or if it's a trickster fairy or you know if it's something just kind of trying to lure you into the woods or but i've i've had on um new actually you know i i still i still don't think this house is haunted but i have had on two or three occasions um been woken up to somebody again saying my name in a very clear way sounding as if they were outside my like on my front lawn and the first time it happened happened was not long after i moved here and i i briefly uh joined that horrifying thing called next door do you know that horrible thing where all the neighbors in in the area kind of get on there and they 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 talk about all the things that are happening in the neighborhood and it's it's horrific it's a horror show in like the most terrible social construct way basically it's just like a gossip dump and the thing is is to sign up for it you have to put your address in so I already, so I had put my address in and then I was, you know, it was a new neighborhood and I had lived in this, in the middle of the city for so long that I felt that living, I, you know, I think initially I thought I kind of lived like a little bit more in the suburbs and I thought it was like a little more of a small town and I thought, oh, this is going to feel really safe. But actually, you know, when you're used to all the noises and, and such, you kind of, it takes you a while to adjust to the quiet. And so I had been on that like next door or whatever. And, um, I had just, I had only been here a little while and I was laying in bed and I heard this person say my name and almost sounded a little bit like my brother, but it wasn't really, you know, it was definitely a male voice. And I kind of sat up in bed and it was two in the morning. So it wasn't so late that it was conceivable that somebody that somehow knew where I lived was walking drunkenly home from a bar and said my name. So that freaked me out. So I, you know, went, went and got off next door immediately because I thought I don't really need anybody knowing my address, you know, at this point, but then it happened a couple more times, but separated out like one time in the backyard, it just, just like, as if I just in so normal, so normal, like as if somebody was just like, oh, hey, I got a package for you. Or, oh, hey, I just thought I'd stop by. And I didn't know that many people here, but I knew, you know, people from dropping my kid off at school and whatever. So there was, you know, a handful of people. Um, but that throwing voices thing is very disconcerting. Nothing ever came of it, right? Like no no one ever lured me um, into the woods or I uh, lured, you know, lured myself into the basement, certainly. But, you know, I, I haven't, like, followed the voices. But <laughs> don't follow the voices. Good advice. We Maybe we need a T-shirt that says that. Don't follow the voices. That we do. That we do. <laughs> don't follow the voices. Ever. Ever. Oh, look, Merle's here. Merle's hanging out oh, in the chat Merle. room. Oh, I owe Merle a reply. I'll reply to you 
promptly. That's right. Well, now, not promptly. Two weeks later, but I owe you a reply. <laughs> yes. Merle will be running the ghost uh, tour in Reno for our fan party next year. It's going to be yeah, awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. And not to see what he, I'm so excited to see what he has planned, but you know, Merle and I um, have had a few experiences together that I've shared in the forest, you know, with Bigfoot and being chased out of the forest by Bigfoot and everything. But Merle is, is one tough cookie when it comes to the paranormal. Like he, he has no problem putting, you know, his mind and body on the line to. No, he doesn't, does he? He's got like a cop mentality about it. Right. He's just like, I'm doing this right yeah. here in the line of fire. He murls it up. Take me. <laughs> he murls it up big time. He murls it up. He so murls it up big time. He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, he has one of the scariest stories that I don't know if he thinks it's scary or not, but just north of us, there is a haunted doll named Mandy. Oh, I already hate that. Yeah, and Mandy <laughs> Mandy almost killed Merle Ooh. in twenty fifteen. They were Mandy's in a museum in a in a in a town called Quinell. And she it's funny because psychics go there weekly saying, Oh well we, we, we got her out of there. She's gone. She's gone. But she never leaves. She she just gets bored and walks out of her body. So Merle's te- Merle's <laughs> oh, team Merle's team was there. <laughs> and they were um they were investigating Mandy and they had cameras on there. And while they were setting up their cameras, one of one of the teammates was caught kneeling in a trance in front of the doll. And for like 10 minutes they tried to get him out of the trance and couldn't. And when they finally got him out of the trance, he ran out of the building sick. So Merle then, Mm. Merle then, he has his rituals that he does before a paranormal investigation, including getting a snack so that way he doesn't get hungry or his (laughs) stomach isn't growling during, during an investigation. So he walks out, after spending a few minutes with Mandy, he walks outside to his vehicle to grab a snack. Next thing he knows... He is being grabbed on the shoulder by one of his teammates because he's now 10 feet from the highway. He was walking. He walked about 50 50 meters, so about 150 feet, towards the highway. Has no idea how he got there. Felt absolutely sick afterwards. But this doll put him in a trance that was literally forcing him to go get hit by a vehicle on the highway. Oh my God. I want to stab that doll's eyes out. Yeah. What's your opinion of haunted dolls? Do you have any? Do you have any? (laughs) Oh, I don't have any. I do have, hold on now. This might, this might frighten some, but I have some poppets. I have some lovely poppets. This is a poppet made for me. It actually kind of looks like me. A little poppet my friend made for me. That's one poppet. Um, this is, sorry, just leaning over here. This is my um, Dutch witch that I found on the street in, streets in Amsterdam. Oh, I think, what year is it? 20, 23 years ago, I found her. Love her. 
She's lovely. And I have this one that really freaks people out, but my mom made it for me. And I don't think she's freaky at all. Oh, my son made me this little doll. But these are different, I think, than what we're talking about. Like those kind of dolls that are sort of, you know, like facsimiles of, of human babies meets like um, oddly small children. Ch- adult child hybrids you know those those are a little creepy the creepiest doll that i've ever seen is robert the doll and he's supposed to be one of the most haunted dolls although mandy might give him a run for his money robert the doll is this super creepy doll um he's in a museum in uh um it's the Mar- martello fort martello museum in key west and he, his, the story behind him is basically that he belonged to this child and um, I think the child got like sick or something and died. I can't remember that part of the story, but basically the doll was put away in the, in the attic of this house in Key West for many years and people moved into the house and they would hear like footsteps and things running around. And then eventually somebody like unearthed the doll and it was, it's, he's, I mean, you can... You can Google Google Robert the doll if you haven't seen it, but he's basically like this burlap sack doll with like a stitched on face and a sailor's costume that's, of course, now sort of like worn and tattered and he has like a little sailor's hat, but he's kind of like toddler sized, <laughs> which makes it extra creepy. Um, and yeah, he's just odd. And so when I was in Key West a few years ago, actually, I took my mom down there and we just did all the, all the things, you know, we did did the swimming and, um, um, pretending we were mermaids in the lagoon and, uh, doing all the ghost tours. And, and we went and we saw Robert the doll and my mom actually got food poisoning the next day and she's still convinced it was Robert the doll. But you had to like walk in and say, um, hi, Robert, you know, and then say goodbye to him. And then you had to like you you had to ask permission if you wanted to take a photo. You couldn't just take a photo. I I did all the things. But also um, there's another doll. I can't Merle might remember it, but Merle and I went to the um, um, and Preacher went to um, Zach Baggins Haunted Museum when we were all in Vegas and there was a doll that you had to walk in and you were supposed to acknowledge it and then say goodbye to it when you were um, when you were leaving so it didn't, like, linger with you. So, yeah, I mean, my opinion of dolls, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the gal who used to chop all the hair off her Barbies. So my opinion of dolls is <laughs> you, can, you can infer something from there. Not a big fan, but I like, I like, this, I like this, like, witchy little dutch witch yeah little kitchen witch robert the doll i totally would not would not mess with you know it's like yeah you know you're not allowed to take his picture without his permission you know oh no you have to say you have to say and they actually make you when you go there on a tour like they make you say um hello like they explain it to you they tell everybody hello robert and they have all these things on the on the um, on the wall. Sorry, the hand just came off of my doll, which is a little bit creepy. It's like, what is this? Oh, her hand came off. I'll just tuck that back up there. 
<laughs> but yeah, you do. You totally have to say, um, you know, can I take your picture and thank you so much. And then on the wall are all these letters of apology to people who didn't do that and who um, regretted it and wrote these letters of regret. And um, so, but the thing is, is my mom, we, I went walking around and my mom continued a conversation. I, I looked over and she was talking to Robert and then she went and she started talking to the docents and she asked the docents if they had ever had any experiences. And one of them told her um, that they were frequently there kind of like closing things down at the end of the night. Cause you know, docents are always, they're, they're basically the unpaid caretakers, right? So they're always kind of there at times when, you know, it's slow and you need some, you can't pay someone. So you have a docent there. And um, they said that there had been times that they had come in and um, Robert, the doll was in a different position than he was. He sits in like this little chair and he was in a different position than he was the night before. Um, like a dramatically different position and you would, he's in, he's encased in like glass. So you would have to like remove that or like, you know, slide it up or whatever. I'm sure there's a way to get into there and then move him. But it, you know, no one was there during the night and it wasn't just like he plopped over. It was more just um, like he moved. So yeah. Creepy. Very creepy. Very yeah. creepy, and allegedly he, he also left his locked enshrinement one day to go get a toy of a stuffed lion because yeah. apparently they thought he was bored, and when they checked the videotapes, they still don't know how that lion got inside his curio cabinet. Yeah, I think it's still there. If I remember right, I have to look at my picture, my picture that I took with permission, um, I have to look at my picture, but I think there was a little toy in, in there with him, a little stuff, a little stuff lion. Yes. Yeah. And you see with Mandy up here, uh, to make her happy, they actually put a little lamb, like a, a little oh. lamb, uh, ornament in there with her to make sure. What that... would happen if you put Robert and Mandy in the same oh, <laughs> I don't know. I think we're just hatching horror story ideas tonight. This you is know fabulous. What? You know what? That's what we're doing all winter. <laughs> that would be an extremely interesting experiment. Like you would have to you, you would have to do that for at least a month. At least a month. Maybe you know maybe who could pull months. it off. I think Zach Baggins has the clout to like get those those dolls together because he's got a weird doll. He could he could probably do a temporary. You know how museums have like things on loan. I wonder if he could petition them and just put them all in a room and then put a camera on them and you know film them for a month. I don't know. It would be it would be extreme to see what happens. And, mm-hmm. and I would, I'm going to ask Merle that I, I don't know if Merle's still listening or not, but, um, oh, he is, he says 90 day fiance, the doll <laughs> episodes. Oh man, we're producing this. This is happening. You know what? That's actually, that is something that we should actually see about working on to see what would happen. That would be an interesting... What would happen if this haunted doll met this haunted doll and then, you know, after two weeks, introduced the third haunted doll? 
and then maybe throw in like a another object in there a ball yeah i don't know red rubber ball the the problem is what would be the ramifications to those who set it up oh we'd be fine sure (laughs) says the girl who led everyone into the basement for a inappropriate ouija board session um yeah i think it'd be okay yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm in. I'm willing to take the brunt. I'll I'll merle it up for this one. <laughs> well, you, you know, you're gonna need some some super merle in order to, you know, make this Definitely happen. Definitely have super merle. Yeah. But it would yeah. be it would be interesting to see what would happen because I honestly believe there would be serious results. I don't know what it would be. I'm not saying it would be you know go as far as the Chucky movies. Okay, Ooh. I'm not saying that, but don't tease. <laughs> but I don't know if I would want to be involved in that, even though somehow I think I would. Well, you can be the facilitator. Merle and I will be the conduits. <laughs> mm. Well, we do plan on going up to visit Mandy here. It's on our list oh. uh, of things to I do. Well, you you come up in in next year for summer, and and we'll take you up there. What do you think? I'm afraid of winter. I live in Minnesota. My winter is basically I don't like drive, all year. I don't like driving up there in winter. Plus, you got oh, hockey. So it has to be the fall. You got hockey every weekend. Yeah, I'm basically cashed until March. <laughs> yeah, summertime. I'll t- you come up here, and Merle yeah. and I will will take you to it. But Merle, seriously, we we should see. You know, for our little exp- thing we're working on, we should see about getting uh, Mandy and Robert together. It's yeah. a documentary on its own. It is. It's a documentary waiting to happen. Contact the Leo Martello Museum. It's like this rad little museum that's, you know, Key West is is low key. <laughs> no, no kidding. It really is. The people are very, very um, approachable and... Um, very knowledgeable about their local history and very proud of it. And, you know, also there's lots of freaks down there, like the fun kind. Varla, 30 seconds with you. Please let everybody know where they can find all your books and find more on you. You can go to the library or the bookstore, or you can go to varlaventura.net and you'll see my books and, um, Hopefully there'll be a couple new a new ones coming soon. So, yeah, you just find me on all the things under Varla Ventura. I'm the only Varla Ventura that I know of. So it should be pretty easy. Varla, love you, dear. Thank you for coming on Spaced Out love Radio. You, Dave. Thank and you. It was a lovely night. It was. Enjoy yourself and much love to all of you out there. Coming up next, we have Steve Stockton with another spooky story. Then, Robin Haynes joins us for the Cryptid Report. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. Stay tuned. Beautiful. Do you think she, look, do you think she looks like me a little bit? Yes. I kind of think she does. Yes. <laughs> you have the same eyes. <laughs> Oh, she's going to get propped up. She was kind of down under the altar, but she's she's looking. Oh, yeah, I know. You need a little repair. 
Yeah. Aw, sweet thing. All right, my dear. Well, thanks, Dave. That was really nice. Cheered me up. Felt che- good. Good. You needed Distracted it. Distracted me. I really appreciate it. No problem. Yeah. Much. Um, will you just tell me the date for next month? Uh, when you just just text it to me. Yeah, I'll text it to you. I'll tell you right now. It'll I, be I, October, it's the last October twenty sixth. Yeah, I have it. I have it on here. Yeah, I have you as. Uh, it just says Dave. That's, just, uh, that's all you need Dave is some Dave time. Just a big bold. It's it's in all caps too. I always put it in I, all I like, caps. I like being all caps. Yeah. Yeah, all right, dear. Kind of guy. All right, good night. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Varla Ventura, everybody. We love her. And if you ever get a chance to meet her, she is one of the people you want to meet in this field. I will be right back. You guys stay tuned.
By the way, Pixie Lara, if you're still in the chat room, I really love this toque. I, it's going to get a lot of use this winter. I can tell you that right now. A lot of use. All right, big thank you tonight to W. Decker Times 2, Gizmo, Stephen, Human Carl, Debster, Lightwalker, Shelly, and T-Bone. Very much appreciate the love, everybody. Thank you. Don't forget, if you haven't already, for at least five bucks a month, you can join the SOR Space Travelers Club on Patreon. The link is below in the description of the show. So we appreciate that. And at this time of the night, we say hello to all the agents and agencies that are listening on in. Give us a call sometime. Hello, Ross Dogs. Appreciate you keeping an eye on us. Mm -hmm. uh, that is an Acura NSX 1991 or 2. That was given to me by River Dogma in Vegas. All right, everybody, let's do this thing. Here we go. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Here we go with third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Hope you're enjoying tonight's show. Want to say hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Salma Gundy. Salma Gundy is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Okay, it is that time of the night where we say hello to Steve Stockton, who brings in another spooky story for us from Among the Missing. Hello, friends. Welcome to Among the Missing YouTube channel on Spaced Out Radio. I'm Steve Stockton, and I'm about to take you on an unbelievable journey of people just like you. Their stories and encounters will haunt us on Among the Missing. Now we have the case of Tanya Nicole Kosh. On February 10th, 1996, Tanya Nicole Kosh, a 14-year-old middle school student from Pennsylvania, went missing after walking out of her father's house. Officials believe she left voluntarily, but it was later learned that she was taken by a 38-year-old security guard, Thomas Hose, who was recently hired at her school. On a particular morning, Tanya expressed her frustration about her home life to Hose. Hose, a middle-aged father, suggested that Tanya come and stay with him for a while. Tanya agreed, 
but host kept her in a house owned by his parents for the next 10 years. Following her first four years in captivity, Tanya was given a new identity and permission to leave the house. In 2006, she reached out to a deli owner, Joe Sparico, whom she had befriended, and disclosed to him that she had been held captive by Hose since she was 14. My name is not Nikki Allen, it's Tanya Nicole Kosh. These were the words uttered by the then 24-year-old Tanya. Hose was ultimately apprehended, charged, and later incarcerated, and Tanya was reunited with her family. I was so scared that nobody would believe me, Tanya proclaimed to WTAE-TV from the home of her father, Jerry Koch. Terry's mother, Sherry Konecki, said in an interview with WTAT-TV, it's the best ending I could have thought about when I thought about what could have happened to her. Now we have the case of Linda Artiega. Eddie Huff and Linda Artiega, a pair of siblings from Blackwell, went on a hiking trip in the Ozarks on September 22, 2012. Upon returning alone, Eddie claimed that Linda, who was 53 years old, was safe with relatives. However, it was later discovered that Linda was not with relatives, as Eddie proclaimed. Upon his return, Eddie appeared confused and unable to recall what had happened. In the meantime, a search party was formed to look for Linda, and she was eventually found, disturbed and distressed, in a secluded part of the forest after being missing for five days. Linda's memory was vague, but she knew her brother was injured and needed help. When she started to hike, Linda was wearing a t-shirt, jeans, and flip-flops, which she lost. She says she ate watercress, nuts, and berries to survive and drank water from a creek. As Linda made her way through the forest, she tried to reach out to other hikers for assistance but had no luck. She also felt uneasy, sensing shadowy figures watching her from the trees. Eventually, she woke up in the woods and was found with the search and rescue team. Linda's niece, Shelley Friend, said doctors think some of the berries the duo ate while lost might have been toxic and because them to become disoriented. According to Dr. John Sorg of North Arkansas Medical Center, quote, I suppose she could have had some toxic ingestion that may have caused hallucination, in other words, but you know, she's been very consistent with that story. Today, in her mental examination, she seems very oriented and appropriate in conversation, end quote. This particular incident remains unexplained, but Linda credits her faith to her safe recovery. She told Searcy County Sheriff Kenny Castle she prayed every night that God would keep her safe and help her get out of the woods. She said she knew he was there with her, said Castle. She gave God the glory that got her out. Big thank you to Steve Stockton from Among the Missing YouTube channel for another great story for us here on Spaced Out Radio to kick off hour number three, as he does each and every Monday through Friday night. If you want more, just head on over to his YouTube channel. Yeah, youtube.com forward slash Among the Missing. From the Missing to the Mountains, looking for Sasquatch and other cryptid tales. Here's Robin Haynes with the Cryptid Report. Robin Haynes, it's good to see you tonight, even uh, with clothing on. You know, a couple nights ago, we weren't too sure about what you were wearing, but that's okay. I know. <laughs> no, I had a regular shirt on. I just 
cuts across like this. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> when you when you called me, you thought you said, "Are you in your pajamas?" And I said, "Yeah." And you said, "Well, I don't care. Just come on the show anyway." But I did not wear pajamas. I had clothes on. Wonderful, wonderful. I am wearing <laughs> a beautiful blue and green toque tonight that our listener Pixie it. Lara made, and I have no idea where she, she found made it. She made it and gave it to us at the gave it to me at the Vegas party that we had for our fans earlier this year, and I can't see the patch reads Bigfoot Patrol Canada on it. I have no idea where she found this patch. That is fantastic. Oh yes, I will be wearing it when I go back in the forest on Saturday night. Oh, good job. Way to go, yeah. Lara. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's amazing, and uh, I feel really blessed. I've waited. Uh, I, I've held off until tonight. This is the first night I'm wearing it because it's finally getting cold enough to wear a toque. For our American listeners, a toque is Canadian slang for a beanie. <laughs> it's just the way it is. It's it's a toque. And, uh, yes, so it's... Um, it's very comfortable, and I'm going to start wearing it into the forest now because uh, it's freaking awesome. Let's just let's just be honest; it's freaking awesome. It is awesome. Yeah, yeah, I love her for it. Absolutely love her. But uh, I, I want to ask you, okay? Because Saturday night, I am getting. I've had a good run on things this week. Very good run good. on things. I've had. I've I've had some very good luck this week. And I just want to say that I really have a feeling that Saturday night is going to be very impressive when I'm out there. I just have that feeling. I think that's great. And you've got me on speed dial. So if you need anything, you know, you can call. Yes, but out there, I can't call. See, I would love it if there was signal out there. Because that way I you can You need call. to get one of those Zello things. It's, I, I'll have to send you the link for it. It's like a little walkie-talkie thing, and it goes where there's they have no signal. And instead of calling, you can text it to people. Yes, my friend has that. Little Marky yeah. has that. Yeah. I don't have one, but I know people that do, and they love it. Yeah, definitely. We're going to go out with a few people, and it's, it's going to be pretty darn cool. So I, I'm pretty excited about it. And, uh, you know, we're, what we're doing is we're going to get there uh, before the sun sets. We're going to uh, go on out, set up our lawn chairs and set up our, our campfire. We're going to get some hot dogs going, some uh, and yeah. get the smells going, get the creatures coming coming in. And uh, I think uh, there's going to be some, some action. It's supposed to be a clear night. It's a full moon weekend. So it's going to be very bright out there, and it just sets up perfectly for what happened uh, literally 51 weeks ago. That's awesome. I can't believe it's been that long already. Hard to believe. I know. I know. I know. It's time for another sighting. Right? That's what I'm thinking. And, you know, he goes out there. I mean, he's still there. Is he? Yeah, it was deliberate when you saw him last time. That was by his choice. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And I am, you know, I'm not trying to jinx myself here, 
but I really, really do believe that there's going to be something happening. And it's, I have a feeling it's going to be really, really cool because last weekend, my friend Mike was out there by himself and he was actually having something. He, he wouldn't say what it was because he never saw it, but he said, yeah. he said, Dave, it sounded so bipedal. It sounded so bipedal around him. And he ended up getting some very good pictures of some orbs that were in the area. And, yeah. And, uh, but he, he, he got to that point where he just felt, you know what? It's, it's 10 o'clock at night. It's time to pack up and go home, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear how it goes. Yeah. What, what do you think is going to happen? You're the intuitive one. I'm the intuitive one. Number one, I think that there's definitely going to be at least five out there. Whether or not you'll get to see them, I don't know, but that's what you're going to have walking around you. So stay on your toes. Like, if you see that one again, know that there's others with him. And I see yeah. one of them is going to be um, a youngster. It'll be a, male, a little boy. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be, like, just out there watching you guys. Whether or not you'll get a glimpse, I don't know, but they're definitely going to be there. I don't know if we'll get a glimpse. I'm I'm literally feeling that we are going to hear things. Yeah. I, I think it's... I, I do, too. I mean, they're going to be moving around. There's going to be... A, you're going to find hear them... They're definitely going to make sure you know they're there. Yeah, and and I just I don't know. Um, I just have a feeling we're going to hear things, and I don't know if it's going to, the sighting wise. I don't know if it's going to be them or the UFOs that show up there again. I don't. Yeah, know. there's going to be some. I know there's going to be five at the Sasquatch there. One of the five is a young boy that looks to be. I want to say five, six years old. So how tall would that one be? Well, I would say Zerky here is five. He's five foot tall. Like, I want to say he's four and a half to five foot, and he's only five years old. He, got, he was born right after I moved here. And he's gotten to be a big boy because he comes up on my porch and steals the feral's cat food all the time. So you can like mm-hmm. see him through the, the windows that go around the door. And he's a big boy, so I want to say you're probably looking at between four and five feet. Okay, so the other closer th- to four, four and a half. The other thing that I was thinking of doing, and I wanted to get your opinion of this, is I was thinking of in certain areas setting up glow sticks. You know what? I really like that idea, and I'll tell you why. When I was in Michigan, we did a lot. Of, of course, you know the ones there walked around uncloaked around the yard all the time. We have somebody in the bushes over there because they're wood knocking. Um, but we use glow sticks there. And a very good friend of mine, Bob Daigle, was the one that brought the glow sticks out. They went crazy over them. They had so much fun. Like, they really, really enjoyed them. Yeah, I would go out there, crack them, and light them up. They have a blast with them. They really and truly do. The ones that we we used them with, we had great interaction with it. And Bob, in fact, he took one. It was a glow stick, but it had a button on it to turn it on and off. He would right. turn it on, and he put it in this big, huge jug, and he hung it up on a tree. And it would stay lit all the way until he got back to the house. He'd just mm-hmm. sit down by the bonfire, and it would turn off. See, the only- he'd get up, go ahead. and he'd go out there. And it did that five or six times. 
The only thing that scares me about the glow sticks is if they bite into them because that's not going to be good. Yeah, I never. Ha- I was worried about that too, but I never found one shoot up. I really didn't. They had a ball with them. It's like Christmas time. They loved the lights. And so I would go put the, a Christmas strand of lights just out in front where they could see it. And I put a boom box out there and I played Christmas music. And oh my God, they went crazy. They were forever. The only problem I had was they would try to take the boom box while I was playing music and then it would come unplugged. So I ended up putting batteries in it and they would move the boom box around the yard. I'd find it in various places of the yard playing music, but oh, they wow. loved it. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm definitely, I will definitely do that then is beforehand because we do have, I think there's about four or five spots that I would like to put them and I would be very intrigued to see what happens with them. Um, yeah, put them in a, a plastic jar, obviously not glass because you don't want anybody getting broken or cut, but I mean, turn them on and put them in a plastic jar like a peanut butter jar or something and put the lid closed on them and see what they do. Hmm. Or even like go to the Dollar Tree and buy the Tupperware containers for a buck. Yeah. Put your glow stick in it, put it in a small Tupperware container and put it out there and see if they take them out or if they just move them around. But ours loved them. Like we had really good luck with the glow sticks. Right. See, I was just, uh, the ones that we got uh, that I have, you can actually tie onto things. I was going to tie them on. Hang them from the trees. Yeah. That's what I was going to do. You know, I don't know how I would react if all of a sudden I saw one move. I really don't. You know, I, I, I it'd be f- that would be great. I had a friend that bought me a hula hoop that had the glowing piece inside the hula hoop itself. Right. And she said, I bought that because I wanted to see what your Bigfoot would do with it. I'm like, okay. We put it out and we hung it up on a tree in the woods. And when I went out that night at two o'clock in the morning to sit with them, one of them had it. And was running around the woods with it. And all you could see was this lit up hula hoop moving all over through the woods. Right. It was hysterical. They they had fun with that too. Well, you know what? It's a it's an experiment I'm going to try. Good. I mean, every group is different. What one likes, others don't. You know what I mean? Same yeah. thing with the food. It's an individual thing. But definitely try it. Like I said, we had great luck with the glow sticks. At my place. Right. Right. I just hope that, you know, I, I'm sure they've seen them before from all the campers in the area. Yeah. You know, um, and the where are, there's not a lot of camping where we are or doing this investigation. Um, I, you know, the odd time you'll, you, you know, you'll see a hunter's trailer pulled in to the spot or whatever, but I, I'm really hoping to see if that happens. And, and it just, I don't know. It just seems like something, something's going to happen Saturday. That's the feeling. I Try get. it. Yeah. You got to keep me posted. I need details. Yeah. But I'm I know gonna... that there's going to be the four adults and the one little boy out there, whether or not you'll get a glimpse of them. You should hear like, keep your ears open because you should hear them moving around at the very least. Right. Right. Well, you know what? The full moon is going to allow us a lot more bright light. It's going to allow us a oh yeah a, a time to to really dig down and, and try and call them in. What I'm going to try and do here is uh, 
I want to try because if if my certain friends come out, uh, my friend Pauline is very very spiritually connected. She doesn't. She's forgotten how powerful she is. She she's a medium, but she's really been fearful of of getting into other stuff. And I think that she can connect. With yeah, them. I can understand. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna you know between her and her energy and my energy, I think we might be able to call them in. And that's that's what I'm hoping for. And, yeah, try it. Oh, I'm pumped up. I want to go now. I have a friend. I have a friend of mine that sells these boxes, and they're called wishing machines. And basically, they're energy work only with this box, and it takes your intent and your desire, and it puts it through quartz crystals and copper. And it's just like if you're doing energy work, and you can manifest what you want to happen. And now we've got people that are taking these wishing machines. And if you set the the dials on them for certain frequencies, the Sasquatch love it. They come in. Really? They pick up the energy that radiates off the crystals and the copper. Really? That's interesting. I I had no idea. I had no idea. What about, yeah, what about I, you noise? Know, I never thought to use... What about noise? Huh? What about noise like music? They love it. They love music. You don't want any like rap or anything like that because that's kind of more annoying to them. But they do like music, very much so. What what kind? Is it more soft, classical, nature sounding, um, or is it no? Or are I mean, they are they I Iron played, Maiden, heavy metal fans? I played country. No, I played country or or light pop for them, and they do pretty good. They, you have to understand that they're such an emotional being that when you pay, play anything that's kind of harsh, it it's like a trigger. So you really don't want that. I do like country, light pop. They like Christ- They do like Christian music, believe it or not. They actually do. Bethel music, you know, that kind of stuff. They do well. I know some of them that have liked jazz. My daughter played the clarinet for years, and she would go out every weekend and sit outside and play the clarinet for them. They absolutely loved it. They'd come out of the woodwork. Really? Yeah. They, they really are. They love the music. They just don't like the harsh beats. Right. You know, they don't like anything that's that's too busy. They don't like anything too harsh. Anything, you know, that feels like a darker vibe to it. They mm-hmm. want light energy. You know, they're full of light energy, happiness, love, that kind of thing. I mean, yeah, there's bad ones, but primarily the other ones, the good ones. I like Rob G's comment. Damn, Bigfoot don't like rap. Close-minded AF. <laughs> that is awesome. I guess if you have some really nice upbeat rap that isn't too hard, they can handle that. Yeah, I I, I know the ones next door. My next door neighbor plays nothing but rap. Like he goes out and works on his truck, and he's got rap going all the time. And the foots do come out of the woods. I don't necessarily know that they're happy about it, but they they do come out. You know, they come up in the back of my yard and kind of watch over there, like they're a little cautious of it. But you, I seem to notice better reaction with a little bit of the softer stuff. See here, I was going to crank up some Metallica for whom the bell tolls. You know. <laughs> You never know. It depends on on the individual. Yeah. No. I. What we're gonna do is we're gonna do what's worked in the past. We're gonna sit around the fire. We're gonna roast some hot dogs or whatever else we have. We're gonna sit around, have some conversation. We're gonna uh, meditate a little bit to try and call them in. And then I I know it's gonna be between that nine o'clock and ten o'clock hour where everything's all of a sudden yep. gonna break. It always seems to be around that time in that area. (laughs) 
usually at my house, it picks up after like 10, 11 o'clock. Like it's been kind of quiet actually, other than like Tuesday, there was one in the bushes when I was in the Jeep Tuesday, but I didn't think anybody was out here when I first got out here. But since I got out here, I've gotten wood knocks and then somebody smelled really bad for a minute, which most of the ones around here don't smell bad. This one smelled atrocious and now the smell's gone, but I can hear movement in the bushes, but I can't, I haven't seen anything. Well, on that note, it is our time to say good night to you on the abbreviated version of the cryptid report. Robin, we will talk to you next week, my dear. You got it. Bye, everybody. Hey, I, I want to say real quick, they've been sending me a lot of questions and things through Messenger or email. You guys are fabulous because they're amazing questions. Wonderful. And thank you for taking those. Robin Bye. Haynes, everybody. Coming up next. See you on, next week. Coming up next on Spaced Out Radio. Get off my lawn. It's the Dave 101. And we got the weird news of the week. So stay tuned. We're going to have a lot of fun in the final half hour of tonight's show. We'll be right back. Oh, my. Some of these stories I have for you tonight uh, is kind of weird. Kind of weird. I don't know. Two seconds here, guys.
these ones first. How are you guys? want to say a big thank you to W. Decker Times 2, Human Carl, Deb, Lightwalkers, Gizmo, Stephen, Shelley, and T-Bone for the amazing Super Chats tonight. And we'd love it if you joined our SOR Space Travelers Club. It's 5 bucks a month minimum, and you can join it by going to our YouTube channel and clicking on the link right below this show in the description. Here we go, everyone. Rounded third, we're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you miss most of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon in the SOR Space Travelers Club. It is that time of the week, the night, the year, where I say, get off my lawn. This is my mind, my circle, what I'm thinking. It's a Dave 101. every week I go through this classic debate in my mind, what I want to talk about and what's really kind of irking me or bothering me or just something I need to get off my chest when it comes to the Dave 101. This time it was no different at all. But you know what? Instead of getting into whistleblowers and NASA and UFOs, which I normally rant and rave about, this time I want to talk about experiencers. Yes, the forgotten souls of ufology the ones who are blamed for the cryptid sightings, those who say they got ghosts but are told it's just nightmares and imaginations. No, we all have some sort of experience in life, whether it's being abducted or whether it's working for a bad boss or, you know, 
Maybe you puke on carnival rides. It doesn't really matter. The experience happens for everybody, no matter what the topic may be or what you enjoy or not. I'll tell you what isn't enjoyable, though, is being ignored. And for some reason in our group of thoughts here, when it comes to the paranormal, supernatural, ufological, extraterrestrial, cryptozoological, whatever the study of the subject is, of the phenomena, there is a group of people out there who think that if you're an experiencer, your testimony, your stories, your evidence ain't worth squat. Worth nothing. And let me tell you this, though. If you've never had a true experience, shut up. Go away. Shoo with you. And the reason why I take that attitude is because the experience, as Gary Nolan says, is the first clue to find out what's going on. Yeah. This time, we need to start listening to people more. I'm tired of the government stepping in trying to hold the UFO story accountable. They're never going to do it. Hell, they can't even balance a budget. How can we trust them with UFOs? I'm tired of people on YouTube and the internet and social media telling me what I have or have not experienced. Classic example is a couple of weeks ago, I put a photo on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to check it out, go to Instagram at Dave Scott SOR of my son. And it was inside a haunted barn. And my friend Phil likes to take pictures. He's a paranormal investigator as well. He likes to take pictures. And he took three pictures of my son. Two of the pictures did not have any distortion in it. The third one looked like there was an entity attached to my son. Now the naysayers say it's the camera, it was light refraction, it was everything else. No, no, it wasn't. My son was 40 feet in the building. Yes, there was light outside the open door of the Clydesdale barn, but there was no sun coming in the building. Why? Because the Clydesdale barn's doors face east. And this was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The sun is well on its way to the west. No way the sun could have made that happen. Now, I'm not an expert on photography or anything like that, but why do we have to try and debunk? And the funny part about it is there were people out there, come on, Dave, you know, what kind of camera did you use? And and why would you post that photo? And what, you know, the comments were ridiculous to be, to be absolutely blunt. And it kind of shook me, it pissed me off a little bit. Because why can't we just accept that sometimes when we caught something cool, that's what it is? Yes, there's the obvious of what things are and are, are not. I'm not trying to make a non-ghost photo out of a ghost photo. That isn't it whatsoever. The point that I'm getting at is there always has to be that one person or number of people in this case who are always there to try and shoot down whatever it may be. No, we don't want anything exciting happening. You know, that's just too much in life. You know, why would we want something interesting to happen? Right? To me, 
if you look at the photo, it looks like a shadow person attached to him. It's very interesting indeed. All right? It, it, it kind of blows my mind. Because I know there were pictures taken before and after. But that being said, the skeptics always have to get their shots in because they have this profound way, skeptics do, of really trying their best to act like they know better. Okay? Act like they're the ones who know and they're educating you on what you're seeing and what you're not. No, I know my little boy, and I know that where he is standing in the photo, whatever it is that is around him, would not be shining on the back side of him if the light is coming from the front. It's pretty obvious. But the comments are kind of funny. You know, 98 comments on this photo. And once again, if you want to see it, I have it on my Facebook profile, or you can see it on my Instagram at Dave Scott SOR. All right. Don't mean to be rude or anything, but I don't see anything other than a shadow behind your sun, ca- behind your sun casted by the sunlight from the door. There is no sunlight in the door. It's sunlight outside, but the sun is not coming through the building. You know, this is where it gets a little intriguing, you know? I just don't get it. We're looking for evidence. We have people who show evidence. And yes, I don't post anything unless I'm trying to absolutely figure something out. I don't even post a message. And there was one lady who basically said that, I'm trying to find the comment here, that I didn't know what I was talking about. That's okay. But for some reason, we seem to have this opinion of people who have experiences that we are really, really wanting to teach them a lesson that what they're experiencing isn't really what they're experiencing. We see it every day on social media, on X, especially when it comes to UFOs. There's nothing wrong with people sharing their experiences. When we get the topic going and generated, it's a lot of fun to see what actually comes out of people's mouths. For instance, with Halloween now coming, and Halloween always tends to bring out the ghosts in people. Everybody wants to share a ghost story. Are we not supposed to believe them because they're not part of the paranormal? What are we supposed to do? I would like someone to explain to me why evidence that people like you and me catch, whether it's lights in the sky or whether it is 
a photograph like this one that was caught of my son on why we are not allowed to just say what it is, something anomalous. Not everybody is stupid enough when they stare up at the stars at night to not know what a constellation is or what a satellite is. And it's frustrating when you get these keyboard warriors who take a photograph or a video and, oh, that's Cassiopeia. Oh, that's the Big Dipper. Oh, that's Jupiter. That's Mars. That's Elon Musk's Starlink. The majority of us already know what it is. And yes, I have seen the videos, people posting, oh my God, the aliens are invading. In the meantime, we know it's Elon Musk's Starlink. The idea that so many skeptics are so sure of themselves that they have to bring you down to their level because of your excitement of actually catching something, it's unconscionable. It's, there's no sense to it. Now, sometimes, look, I'm not saying this is, this is a 100% thing because sometimes the evidence is so bad that you could tell that it's the final stars of the handle of the great of the great uh, big dipper there we know that we know what it looks like we've been staring up at the stars for years the big dipper is one of those constellations whether you are in a polluted sky of light pollution you could still see the big dipper we know because we're not silly we know and our minds know and our heart and souls know when something isn't right. It's okay to post the evidence. And this is why I tell people that if I ever had that million-dollar footage of a Bigfoot, I wouldn't share it to the world. Why? The criticism that comes along with it, there are people who take this seriously. And when I say taking it seriously, I'm saying if you look at the Patterson-Gimlin film from Bluff Creek, California, back in the 1960s, Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin for decades had threats to their lives because they captured a Bigfoot. They had threats to their families, their children, their grandchildren. For what? Capturing a video of Bigfoot? Just because somebody doesn't believe that they want to make sure that nobody can believe? What sense does that make? Now, with CGI and artificial intelligence the way it is today, it's understandable to see that any video coming forward in the future should be treated with major skepticism. And yes, we should also say that there are people out there that no matter what it is, they're going to believe it. Okay, we have to sort through that. People need to be their own biggest skeptic. And when you are your own biggest skeptic, like I am to me, you can tell what is real, what is fake. Now, do we get caught sometimes? That maybe what we see is something real that someone else may say, no, no, 
You know, that's a recording of an air conditioner. That's not heavy breathing. We can understand that. We can accept that in good conscience if the discussion is civil. But there are those out there who just because you have you believe a certain way, they want to ruin you. They want to ruin your career. They want to ruin your story to make sure that you get the hell out of the community because you're the problem with it. The nuts and bolts people are very much like that. The fresh bloods in the cryptid world are very much like that. And the ever-zealous ghost hunters are extremely like that. Let people have their experience. Let people share what they have. And if they are able to accompany it with a picture or some sort of evidence, don't rip up a new one for it. They're doing what we need them to do. They're talking, they're communicating, and they're sharing their story so that way we may be able to move the ball an inch forward. That is your Dave 101 for tonight. If you're on YouTube watching this, do me a favor and let me know what you think. Leave a comment below. Let's get to the news. What time is it? It's time for Shirky Pooh's News! Uh-oh, here we go. Now... If I was a professional chess player, I definitely would not cheat like this. I wouldn't even think of cheating like this. Nonetheless, I wouldn't even know how to cheat like this. An American chess player has categorically denied using a vibrating anal beads to beat the world's top player during a tournament last year. American Grandmaster Hans Neiman appeared on Pierce Morgan Uncensored over the weekend and was asked by the host if the accusation was true. Categorically, no, of course not, Neiman said, seated alongside his lawyer. In September 2022, top-ranked chess player Magnus Carlsen of Norway accused Neiman of receiving strategy tips through vibrating beads at the half-million-dollar tournament in St. Louis. Following an investigation, chess officials were unable to find any evidence to support these vibrating accusations. Morgan wanted to know what Neiman's initial reaction to the sensational story in the typical staid chess world. Well, obviously, it was very disheartening to be accused of cheating after the victory, Neiman said. But, you know, these things, it happened. And I learned a lot from that time. Neiman was also asked if he learned anything from the experience. It has really taught me, he said, a lot of important lessons about life and chess. And I think it's only strengthened my resolve. Just to be clear, you didn't cheat, Morgan asked a second time. Of course not, Neiman answered. Morgan also asked if Neiman had ever used anal beads while playing chess in the past. Well, your curiosity is a bit concerning, you know. Maybe you're personally interested, but I can tell you, no. Last month, Neiman settled a $100 million lawsuit he brought against Carlson, the website chess.com, and chess streamer Hikaru Nakamura after allegations he had cheated during the match. Anal beads to cheat at chess. Who would have thunk it? 
Yeah. A woman in Ontario will be practicing a lot of safe sex after receiving more than 1,000 condoms in a box that was delivered to her home. Yeah. Joelle Angelhart told CTV News that she doesn't know why she received a delivery that contained 30 boxes of condoms with each package containing 34 of the rubbers. The woman said that she and her husband received an email from Amazon stating the contraceptives were being delivered, but she ignored it thinking it was a scam. We automatically assumed the email was a scam because it was not something we would purchase, Angel Heart said. What a naughty girl. Naughty, naughty girl. The couple were perplexed upon receiving the Amazon package at their home, and Angel Heart's credit card was also charged $670 for the order. We clearly did not order this package, she said, noting Amazon won't accept the return because they were personal items. She's been trying to get a refund from Amazon for months. Amazon only refunded the money after being contacted by CTV News. The woman was told that she could keep the condoms. Cybersecurity experts told the news outlet that the delivery is similar to a brushing scam in which vendors send packages to customers in order to boost ratings with faux reviews. In Angel Heart's case, her account may have been hacked since she was charged for the birth control. The Justice League, they are not, but they will provide justice to those caught in car boots in Atlanta, Georgia, for a small fee, of course, because no one works for free. A duo known as Boot Girls have a request to remove those restrictive boots from cars in Atlanta, which have been the bane of the existence of residents who deem it excessive. Donning masks, the Boot Girls consistently or consisting of appropriately named Boot Baby and Boot Shiesty have a special boot key and provide boot removal services for 50 bucks per boot, which are requested via text or Instagram. Not everybody's happy with the boot girls, though, specifically Atlanta cops, private properties, parking lot owners, and booting companies. On its Facebook page, the parking companies, private property, and private booting companies are vexed about this turn of events, and the City of Atlanta Police Department is clear about how they feel about freelance boot removal service. The Atlanta Police Department notes on its Facebook page that while owning a boot key isn't illegal... Using one to modify or open a car boot can result in criminal charges. And finally tonight, in Corbin, Kentucky, police officers stumbled upon a stray porker wandering loose on the aptly named Bacon Creek Road last week. In a post on their Facebook page, authorities say they stumbled across a lost pig while on control. Cops picked up the stray and placed it in the back of the cruiser. Authorities are still searching for the piglet's owner. Corbett police officers have wrangled a small pig on Bacon Creek Road. Seriously, if you own this pig, he's in custody of the police department. No charges laid. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up. For the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. I know you're 
Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Medium Adventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your sheets are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. Good night.